What's he done? Yeah. Doug Hughley. Mr. Deegan's class. Doug, hi. What is up, you old goat? How you doing, man? Okay, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. You know how much homework I missed because of you? I loved your radio show. That was the best. Thanks, man. You know what? We're throwing down tonight over on Aloha Street. Yeah, we've got two bands. It's going to be insane. Would you get up and do a little Wheel of Steel? Oh, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah. You're the only man I know who can mix up Elvis Costello and Public Enemy. What's so funny about peace, 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 love and under peace, peace, peace. Death Row, what does a brother understand? Peace, 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 understand, peace, peace. You're the best, man. You are the king. You are the king. You gotta be there, man. You must be there. Of course, you may be busy. Awkward. And we've all had that experience too, where you're just someplace where you don't want to be recognized, spoken to, you know, whatever. If you're having a bad day, you're just trying to get through the afternoon or something, and then there's some guy. Hey, remember me? Yeah. And it's always when you're buying something embarrassing. Exactly. I'm just trying to buy this ointment. Uh, why, hello, it's 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of July, in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and freshly illuminated studios of AM970, The Talker. Thank you for joining us. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsicality. Uh, it is uh, Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503 503-733-2970. Uh, if you want to get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, uh, what have you. Richie Bristol, who's carrying a disturbingly large duffel bag with him today, is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, uh, or the what have you. You can also uh, email me like it's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right, uh, so here's what's coming up today. Well, we'll skip to the bottom of the page. So later on in the program, I think Richie's going to be... I was going to say taking his first steps, but that's not even true. He'll just be doing a... First steps have been taken. The first steps have... He'll be doing some sort of limited cross-dressing during today's program. So that'll be happening later on. Um, he just came in today... I hate to make this comparison. Well, what do you care? I say as though I'm going to embarrass Richie. As though there's anything I can say that would make Richie feel awkward at this point. Um, he came in today with his huge duffel bag slung over his shoulder, and he looked for all the world like one of those people that you see going into the Ace of Hearts or what, the, 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 the Angels Club or the Swingers Club. Because my wife and I used to just sit outside our apartment and just watch them walk in, and it would always just be these tandems. It would just be like a, like a duo of fat women walking in with, like, rubbery latex skirts coming down to just like just like mid thigh so much and like so much friction between the thighs that you would just expect like a small brush fire to break out like right around their knees um but it would always be two women who kind of looked like those twins in the guinness book of world records where it's like the fat guys in the check pants riding on little tiny scooters but it'd be two women each of them dressed the same way like a tight top the bad latex rubber skirt Big towel over one shoulder, big duffel bag containing God knows what. 
uh, over the other shoulder. Richie looks kind of like that today. Because he walked in with just a full... And he was like extra super flamboyant. Have you talked to him yet today? This morning? As oh, opposed no. to... He was like, good morning, Sarah. <laughs> and I was like, having my... The character. <laughs> I was having my special internet time, and I'm like, Richie, I can't handle you or Rochelle right now. <laughs> you both need to leave the room now. Uh, well, all right. Well, I'm just glad we could provide a safe and respectful forum for such things. Anyway, so that'll be coming up later on. Uh, let's see, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us uh, today from CNN Radio, New York. Uh, with today's political ticker, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop uh, from Los Angeles. Hey, whatever happened to that actress strike that was going to happen? Well, they haven't voted yet. After is uh, their voting is in progress. And SAG has not uh, yet finished ironing out the details of theirs and whether or not they're going to call a vote for a strike. So it, it's going to be several weeks. All right, okay. So, so after is voting now. So are things, is, so are, is production of movies and TV shows still taking place or is it yeah. suspended? No, it's still All right, so my supply of entertainment will not be interrupted quite yet. And the votes are being counted in Washington State oh, well. by an independent auditing company. By the firm of Price Waterhouse? All right. Uh, you know, you know, here's a question. You know, they do that thing every year at the Oscars where they say the Oscar tabulations were calculated by the accounting firm of Price Waterhouse Coopers, blah blah blah, or unknown to blah 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 blah. I would like to see, as part of my huge documentary that will never really be done, I'm going to make a master list of those things. Hold on a second. Documentary list. Because I have that whole that whole thing about wanting to make a documentary of small features, none of which could justify a 90-minute documentary in and of themselves. But you know what one of them is? I want to know, because they say that thing about the, the Oscars every year, about how the accounting firm of Price uh, Waterhouse calculates the Oscar winners, and then like nobody knows the results until they're... Well, that's clearly not true. Somebody has to type them. Somebody has to print them. Somebody has to put them in the envelope. Somebody has to seal them. Somebody presumably has to spell-check them. And, and, you know, leaving aside the fact that a lot of people have to count them. I would like to know exactly how many people every year know the results of the Academy Awards before they're announced. I would bet it's upward of a dozen. I would bet that there are more than a dozen people. Because they don't just have one. How many people are? How many people in the Academy vote, Tim? Do you know what offhand? I don't know. Ballpark? Thousands? Yes. So hundreds, the, at least. So, I mean, a lot. so many, many hundreds, probably more than a thousand. Uh, as Hugh Hefner once said, describing they, they the number of women he vetted. They can't all fit in the Kodak Theater, I know that. What's that? They can't all fit in the Kodak Theater. Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of people. They don't have one guy doing that. No. And plus, and I would imagine, here's another question I have. When, uh, are you a member of the Academy or whatever? No. I don't know how that works. No. Is that like the, is it like the, the Masons or something or the Scientology where you have to like go and be paddled in a dark room somewhere? Hail Zenu! Whack! Um, the, uh, but, I mean, you don't just fill out. It's not like a, uh, it's not a thing where you just, like, put an X or something, is it? Or is it like a Scantron sort of battle? very secret. Uh, I'm not sure what it looks like. I don't know anybody in the Academy. Interesting. It, it's kind of a skull and bones type of thing. <laughs> really Academy of Motion Picture Arts and except for decline. Uh, so, anyway, so it can't be just like an electronic thing or whatever, where they wave it underneath like an electronic eye. But at the same time, I can't imagine you just trust like one old guy named Snuffy to count all those things. You got to have somebody checking his math. Or an old lady named Gert. That is like this. Like this. Doing it since 1924. I really wonder. I wonder how many people count the Academy Award ballots and then who checks their math, and if they are in fact tabulated electronically at this point. That's a thing I'd be interested to know. Again, you can't fill 90 minutes with that, nor can you feed your family with a codpiece. But I would, I would watch a documentary that had about nine minutes about how the Academy Awards are calculated. Speaking of recounting, by the way, 
uh, because I just saw an email from my friend Thomas Gill arrive in my inbox. So uh, he dropped off. I forgot to tell you guys this. Last week he was passing through town. He dropped off on DVD some copies of that movie Recount with Kevin Spacey from HBO. Uh, so I can give those to you if you want to watch it. I've already, I've already seen it. Really? Here's the thing about it. it. Thomas, you know, I love you. You're a long-time listener. I respect you. I thank you for all of this. But I don't think I can bring myself to watch it because I just... Just looking at that DVD and just seeing the word recount, I can already feel it's like the adjective begins to build. Like, I just, the stress of... Even just thinking about watching that movie just makes me so unbelievably agitated that I don't... Is it an agitating movie to watch? Does it make yeah. you angry? Yes. See? So I just... I think I just got to put that on some sort of an emotional shelf uh, for now before I can go back and see it. Well, in any event, uh, Jim Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles today. Uh, we'll do today's top five as well. I hold it right here in my hands, calculated by the accounting firm of me. Uh, we have the top five songs with no more than 35 words in them. Top five songs of 35 words or less. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Uh, Richie's cross-dressing. Uh, let's see. It's the worst song you've ever heard. We'll do that. Um, and something else that I wrote down in kind of a scrawl and now can't read. So we probably won't do whatever that is. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. So the Iraqi government wants U.S. troops to get out of their country. Now, they're not asking. They're insisting. So the U.S. just answered and said, No. We're not leaving. Okay. After we're being told to leave. That's what we do, Tim. Meanwhile, remember that the evil empire of Iran? Yes. Well, we continue to sell them cigarettes, bull semen, and bras. <laughs> In one package? I think there should be. These separate. bras are soggy. A flight crew refuses to work <laughs> after being scared by passengers described as an angry mob. A California man who shoots his wife, kidnaps his son, is hit by a bus. Toyota will put solar panels on the Prius now. A former Mount Angel teacher will get six months in the Hooskop for kissing a 14-year-old student. Alex Rodriguez's wife punishes him further by charging $100,000 on his credit card and a shopping spree in Paris. Uh-oh, Drew Barrymore and the Mac guys split up. Softball-sized rats are eating their way through Florida. Well, okay. And that's just a taste of the things we'll have in today's noon news hour. It always bums me out when things don't work out for Drew Barrymore. Why? Because she she's, like, dated so many people. Yeah. Well, who was it that we were interviewing, interviewing, reading about the other day that just said she's resigned to the fact that she'll die old and alone? Is it Cameron Diaz? It was Cameron Diaz. I thought she was with Justin Timberlake. Oh, honey. When did that end? That's like two years old. Like, I follow the love life of Justin Timberlake. He's been dating Jessica Biel for, like, years. I don't really track what he's doing with his penis at any given point, so. uh, No. Yeah, Cameron Diaz was a woman scorned. All right, good she for you. She never found love again and had a really bad nose job. <laughs> never find love again. <laughs> the uh, the gold standard for nose jobs is Jennifer Grey, but she's but you think that maybe Cameron Diaz has taken up. Why would she get a nose job? Her nose was she fine. She said that she some kind of you know deviated septum or something. But she had a, she had her nose job done. Does my microphone sound weird today? No, sounds but Tim weird. sounds kind of quiet. Okay. Mine is kind of quiet. Your sounds it sounds flat today. Mm. It sounds a little. It, there's something about it. The uh, hold poor on. Matt. We just get our light bulbs fixed. And... Hey Richie, could you ask Matt Green to come in, please? Okay. Thank you. Uh, but with the, the, the camera Diaz's nose was fine. There didn't seem to be anything wrong with that. It's not like it was like no, some... No, it looks like somebody took like a scoop out of the side of it. Oh, like a Jackson, like a Michael Jackson kind of a yeah, thing? Yeah, it's weird. It's just on one side, though. It looks like it's kind of wonky now. It's like a half moon. Doesn't it... Let me ask you this. Does it make you feel good or unnerved when even celebrities can't get plastic surgery done correctly totally sometimes? Totally unnerved. Because it's like, the, what what chance do you stand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like, if I ever decide, you know, go in and, like, uh, I don't know, get my cheekbones 
adjusted or whatever it is you do. Um, I mean, it really, if some, if some plastic surgeon can't even get it right on somebody with a billion dollars in the bank, really, what are the odds of me getting a nose job and having it work out? But, but you should see Kate Jackson. They have built a better Kate Jackson <laughs> than she looked on Charlie's Angels. Really? She actually looks 10 years younger than she did on Charlie's Angels. The uh, Who else was I just looking at the other day that actually looks almost younger than she used to? Linda Carter, who was TV's Wonder Woman. Hello, Matt Green. Hello. Hey, uh, sorry, not to be this guy, uh, but Tim's... All the microphones sound a little wonky today, but especially Tim's. Tim's microphone has it has almost no presence to it. Uh, it's very flat sounding. No one ever brings me any presence. There's just no brightness no to one, his microphone. No at one all. brings you flowers anymore either, do they, Tim? Well, now you're showing your age. No. Nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> I used to. It was a reference. But my allergies. Fifty years old. Forget I it. Love that's okay. it up. Yeah. So there's a, but Tim's microphone has almost no. Neil Diamond is going on tour, you know. It's 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 dull sounding. Mm. So there's just no brightness to that, and so I lifeless. and it's just not the, it's listless. It's so <laughs> it doesn't and it's not just today. It's the last couple of days. I just have I failed to mention it. Okay, I failed to mention it. I, I don't know fail. what the problem is. Really, no. Let me see which is certainly not Tim's that. personality, which is the very definition of vibrant, sparkling yeah. and vibrant. Yeah. I feel the microphone is doing his persona a disservice. Would you like me to speak again about Hulk Hogan's divorce from his wife Linda? Will be the subject of a hearing in Florida today. Hey, why don't you test it by reading the story about Lindsay Lohan being a lesbian? Oh, okay. Where was that story, Tim? Uh, what's that? Hulk Hogan's divorce from his wife? Yeah, where was that? Uh, that's on that. You! You didn't say it that's again. Right. That's cheating. That's right. Suck that on that. That's cheating. Uh-huh. You're supposed to wait for Florida. Whatever. You're supposed to wait for Florida. After uh-huh. months of speculation, Lindsay Lohan has finally admitted that she and girlfriend Samantha Ronson are in love. The pair has denied being an eye ever since they started dating last year. However... At her 22nd birthday party, the Mean Girl star came clean about the lady in her life. I just want to be happy and have a healthy year. Continue on the path I've been on. That's not going to happen. And be the person that that I care about. And my family. The uh, miracle loan as saying, Sam and Lindsay are inseparable. Sam has really been a good influence on Lindsay. There is no one else special in Lindsay's life apart from Sam. But it has taken her a while to feel like she can talk about their relationship. Now, I don't think that the story at no point actually quotes Lindsay Lohan. I don't think she herself is on the record that is saying this. She said she wants no. to be with the person that she's with. But she's yeah. doing the she's playing the pronoun game yeah. of like they're really great. We have a great time together. There's no one like them. Uh, so they're I can't general pronoun. I get that's exactly it. So I can't speak for Lindsay Lohan. Uh, her side of the equation, but I've seen that. What is her name? Samantha Ronson. Which kind of baffles me because Samantha Ronson is British. She looks like she ought to be running a dog kennel somewhere. <laughs> well, her brother is Mark Ronson. He's like that <laughs> that famous DJ. And listening to him talk, he has like a super hot British accent. But then you hear her talk, and they're related, and she has an American accent. Really? It really kind of puzzles. Well, maybe one. Of, maybe are they? Is one of them adopted? No, no, they no. look alike. Well, they're their brother sister. As they say in the message boards, the you know the, I need video of this or it didn't happen. So I demand that Lindsay Lohan provide photographic proof of this because they don't quote her. It's sort of misleading. They don't quote her in the, at any at any part in the story. So all right. She looks like a member of Hanson. Who? Like, her, uh, she Lohan. looks like the ugly, handsome brother. No, you're totally right about that. Or you know who else? You know who Samantha Ronson looks like? She looks like the Lee Britney alone guy if he didn't put on his makeup one day. Oh, that's like funny. that Chris Crocker guy, whatever his name yeah. is. If you took him and just kicked him down a hill, uh, that's and then he just sort of stood up and was photographed like without adjusting himself. He'd look like Lindsay Lohan's girlfriend, uh, well, alleged this girlfriend. This is a real story. What's that? This is a real story. Oh, it's a real story. I mean, it's just they it's just from India. It's amusing to me that you instinctively distrust any news story that comes to us from India. Well, I mean, if they got to send things to India, chances are 
they're not paying a crew to investigate these fully. I do believe that they're quoting, I think they might be quoting Yahoo, though. I think they might be quoting the British Yahoo site or whatever the hell it is. They're quoting the Any News Service, A-N-I. <laughs> Who is Any? That means it's it's news made out of whole wheat. Uh, all right. Uh, hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you today? Hello. Today's a little wacky because uh, Matt came in and we're reading the thing about Lindsay Lohan being a It lesbian. is a little kooky. How are you? How was your night? Oh, it was good. I um I went out with my friend Kelsey, who was insane. Do you remember leaving me a message last night where you sang Elton John into my phone? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that you <laughs> no, did. No, that was early night. I didn't end up going out till like 10.30. You sounded really blindingly drunk. <laughs> no. I mean, unbelievably drunk. I saved the message. Are you going to play we, it? No, because there's a bunch of things in there you told me we couldn't play on the air. Okay. Do you remember that? Let me ask you this. Do you, okay, A, do you remember making the call to me last night? Yes. B, do you remember singing Elton John into my voicemail? Yes, because it was playing on the um, jukebox. Do you remember what song it was? Um, no, was it Rocket Man? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was your song. Do you which know is Rocket the, Man? Which is, uh, could you sing Rocket Man if you had to? <laughs> well, I always sing it to Muppet, but I sing Muppet Man. Okay, wow. <laughs> Anywho. Moving yeah, on. She's doing your housework. Uh, the, uh, so you called me last night, and this is. I'm glad you clarified that it was playing on the jukebox, because otherwise it was just sort of weird. Because I checked my. I, didn't, like, I like to call you in the middle of the night just to sing Elton John. <laughs> well, who's to say? I mean, it, so I, I checked. I didn't hear the phone ring, so I checked my voicemail later, and I answer it, and it's that quintessential sound of a bar in the background, like a lot of. <laughs> clang, clang, and I, smash. Exactly, exactly. And then I always. And then. It's always the same, though. I always know that it's you, even if I don't see the, the number, because there's, like, it's like listening to a concert album where there's just four or five seconds of just, <sighs> before anything starts. So I just heard a bunch of bar noise, and then the next thing I hear is Sarah going, If I was a sculptor, but then again, no. <laughs> Just singing Elton John's Your Song into my phone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you have a mouthful of water just now? I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. Uh, and then you, but then you skipped right to the end. You, you, how wonderful life is. You're in the world. Uh, and then you shared. Uh, Was I talking about Kelsey? And then you shared some anecdotes about Kelsey that I'm forbidden to reveal oh, on the air. Oh, man. Yeah, because she had been drinking since, like, Good for her. Well done, <laughs> and Kelsey. She's, she's just found herself a new sexual relationship, and she would not stop talking about it. Yeah, I can like, see that. Oh man, it just went on and on and on. And she seems like that type. That's why. That's why I kept drinking the vodka soda. I'm like, I can't handle. This. I can't handle. <laughs> Good this for right her. Now. Like, I'm very uh, happy for you, Kelsey. I don't want to hear about the tractor. I don't know where. Tractor. Uh, I don't know where I was when we left. I think I might have just been at home. Um, but uh, in any event, I might have. We, I might have been. Lara and I went to see. Uh, we went to see Wally last night because she hadn't seen it yet. Uh, she loved so it. I, yeah, she did. She was. You know, it's that movie where you you want you know you want them to love it because if they don't, then it's like you know. Uh, but we saw Wally last night, which was just. I have to say oh, this. She just wrote me. She's like, please don't talk about me on the radio. Kelsey? today. my God, I'm so hungover. I just got a text. Oh, I won't reveal the story. You told me you explicitly stated in your voicemail message, you're like, this is not for air, but Kelsey. <laughs> Which is a great story, by the way. Um, Which story was it? The Wait, one about the tractor. About the tractor? Yeah. Um, not to be confused with the one about the train. <laughs> Rick Emerson. I'm so sorry, Kelsey's co-workers, if you, if you heard that. So we went to see Wally last night, which she loved. And I have to tell you, that movie is even better the second time. Uh, just Especially knowing the ending now, 
you can just sort of, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a load off your mind, so you can just enjoy it. It's just such a beautiful film. But I have to tell you, if you ever want just prima facie evidence of the, just the implosion of the American intellect, the, the previews, what were the trailers that you saw oh, when you went to see Wally? Did they you see crap. the thing for that Beverly Hills Chihuahua movie? Oh, yes. I wanted the jam knitting needle so far into my eyes. I wanted to, like, throw stuff at the screen. It angered me. Did so. you have the, okay, let me do Did you have these? Did you have, I made a list, actually. I made a little list of my Blackberries. I was watching it, and I was calling it The Death of American Comedy. Uh, did you have the horrible Eddie Murphy trailer where it's like he's being driven around by little tiny versions of himself inside his own head? No. And I'm making it sound so much more entertaining than it even is. No. It's, I had the one where it was like all the animals dancing to some, you know, outdated hip-hop song. That's Beverly. No, there's to, to, to add that and then to Who Let the Dogs Out, I think, is another oh, one. Oh, there was that one, but then there was also the Jungle movie with, like, the dancing lion. Where they're at Machu Picchu. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's that. Did you get the Pink Panther trailer with Steve Martin? Yes. Boy, you know, you talk about just when heroes fall. I mean, Steve it Martin. It broke my heart. Yeah, he was like, one thank you for Wally. I'm like, oh, God. I, I mean, I could you. understand maybe he makes that first Pink Panther movie because maybe he thought it was going to be a good idea. He did pay the bills. Like, it should. Uh, you know, or, you know or, or maybe he was a big Peter Sellers fan and he thought that maybe the Pink Panther movies never really got their due in America, so he wanted to sort of bring the care. But after that first Pink Panther remake was just such a disaster. I mean, he's doing a second one. And Steve Martin, who was a giant in American comedy at one point, see, and, and he did ditto for Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy has actually fallen so far off the comedic map that I almost don't even want to talk about it anymore. I would say this. I'm going to say this right now. I would say Eddie Murphy is the closest thing that the world of comedy has to a latter-day Elvis. You know what I mean? Just just the most unbelievable, spectacular fall and, and, and implosion of a career has been Eddie Murphy. And just like uh, Elvis had his 68 Vegas comeback special where he was good for just one moment, Eddie Murphy came back ever so briefly with the first Nutty Professor film and then never made anything good ever again. Ever, ever, ever. What is the last good movie Eddie Murphy made that was not the Nutty Professor? Anyone? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The only other movie you can come up with Eddie, with Eddie Murphy in the last 20 years that was decent is the, other, is the one that also had Steve Martin, which is Bowfinger. Bowfinger's not a bad film. Other than that, there's been nothing. I can't remember... The last really solid home run of a movie that Eddie Murphy made. I mean, it's been so long at this point that I would say his career is about 80% crap. I mean, if you were really to look back and just it's great at all. Um, anyway, so so there was that. Um, the hell does this mean? I wrote a note to myself and I said, things. I don't even know what that is. Things. Things. Except to note that, that that Journey to the Center of the Earth movie with Brendan Fraser, this is the second time I've seen the trailer for that because it's the second time I've seen Wally. I didn't realize the first time around that movie's going to be in 3D. It's in 3D. It's in 3D. They say you you don't you don't even really notice it unless you're listening to the preview and the guy goes, "A brand new 3D adventure." And then they that drive. Make it a little more interesting. They drive the point home by having the the gratuitous 3D shot where the kid looks up and then like the dinosaur drools onto his face. But it's coming right at you. Oh. Uh, so, have you ever seen a 3D movie in the theater? <sighs> no, I don't think I have. I mean, I, I remember when I was younger and I went to Disney World. I saw like Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Uh, no, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. I Shrunk the Audience, which is pretty righteous. You. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was in Vegas, I saw, like, 3D SpongeBob SquarePants ride. You really need to see a 3D movie in the theater at some point. It is part of the American experience. Oh, no, I'm totally lying. Remember, I went and saw Beowulf in 3D. Oh, yeah. Which is... Oh, was it God. terrible? 
I could. I, I was crying, know. laughing. It was so bad. All right. Well, never mind. Then you can skip this. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't have time to talk about this thing with the ant farm, probably. Except suffice it to say this. So the, you know, I, I bought that ant farm at Brookstone a long time ago, and then I didn't have ants because they won't ship them during the winter. Oh, aren't you going to bring it here? Uh, I'm going to, but I'm going to wait till there's ants in it. Uh, so the thing is, you have to order the ants through the mail, you know, and then they send them to you, but they wouldn't do it until like I think April, and I sort of forgot about it. So now I went to order the ants, and I realized that I've, I've lost the card. Like there's a thing you mail in, and it's like good for one supply of ants. So I lost that. So Lara and I, I shouldn't even put it on her. So I had this great idea last night, and by great I mean really ill-advised, and in retrospect, obviously so. I had this idea last night that she and I would just go catch ants like in the front yard. <laughs> you really wanted to go watch the rat, didn't you? Oh well, you know. Um, but like all homes in Southeast Portland, our, our neighborhood is you know just filled with ants. Um, and so there's Laura and I out. I'm a grown man. I'm 35 years of age. There's me actually down on my knees last night attempting to catch ants. And then you realize you don't really have. Like the second step down. Like there's the first step, which is catch ants. <laughs> then there's the final step, which is, you know, hilarity. Ants yeah, it's a fully stocked ant farm. But what you don't really realize is you have to actually physically catch. I mean, ants are not easy to, 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 to you know, to catch. They, they, they run. They have eight legs. And you have to catch like 30 of them to really to make the ant farm worthwhile. And they all have to be the same kind. Or else they'll just battle it out like warriors style. Um, so there we are attempting to catch ants. And then once you catch the ants, it's like, well, where do you put them? And you say, well, I'll put them in like a Tupperware thing. But then what you also forget is that ants have, the, you know, they can climb walls and whatnot. And so we, we would catch the ants and put them in this Tupperware thing. And then we would we would take them inside, and she would open the top of the ant farm, and I would turn the Tupperware thing over, and then they would just stay inside. Like, they wouldn't fall out. They would just stay inside. So then I am, there I am, one one by one with, like, a credit card, trying to sort of herd the, you know, an individual ant down into the ant farm. I would finally get the individual ant down into the ant farm. It would immediately start climbing the wall, attempting to go back out onto our kitchen counter. Uh, and meanwhile, you'd eventually have to kill it. <laughs> well, no, it's that I would. Oh no, it's making a run for it. And so there would be the ant would be scaling the wall of the ant farm and then trying to escape into the regions of our kitchen. And so we would then take all of our time, you know, getting that catching that one ant again, putting it back in the ant farm, only then to realize that I still had the Tupperware container in my other hand full of like 15 ants that I'd forgotten to put the lid back on. And so now they were all swarming all up up my arm. <laughs> We spent, it was like an hour of our lives we'll never get back. I'm sorry, honey. So that's what my wife tolerates. A 35-year-old man attempting to, to, to round up carpenter ants. It's like ants. 12. It's like not, you spent last it's, night watching... Well, you are. You spent last night watching a cartoon, then you went home to collect ants. <laughs> Badly, I might add. Unsuccessfully. At one point, there were ants on my hand, on my arm, coming out of the Tupperware thing, running from the ant farm, and lost underneath their toaster oven. So there you go. Welcome to my world. I am just this classy. Anywho. So I'm just going to... The long and the short of it is I just went online at the end of the night and just ordered some ants. So those will come in the mail. But then I don't even know what I'm going to do then. So I guess they come in the mail like a tube or something. I don't even know what they arrive in. Uh, you know, and so that'll be a whole other adventure. And then I'll bring it in. Because I'm sure there's nothing the engineers want more than a big thing full of insects in the studio. Oh, man. What could possibly go wrong? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Steve Kastenbaum coming up later on. James Roop, top five songs of 35 words or less. Richie's cross-dressing adventure and the noon news hour. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Richie Bristol, can you uh, see what the holdup is with Steve Kastenbaum? I want to make sure he doesn't get cut off. Thank you. And in just a moment, Richie Bristol has good news, everyone. 
Richie Bristol has the best news we've had all week. Oh, good Lord. Maybe all month. Quite possibly all year. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, Richie Bristol about That's that so here in just a few. Isn't it? All right. Uh, oh, by the way, I, I guess ants only have six legs. I guess I was saying they had eight legs. Those are spiders. I, there's no spider farm. Oh, that whole thing just creeps oh, me out. Yeah, Come no, check no. out my spider farm. Watch the spiders burrow in the sand. <laughs> oh, your flesh. Wow. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. You want to come check out my lice farm? Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show. Wait, I guess, yes? Oh, hold on, let me just stare at the screen blankly. There we go. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show. Thank you. From New York, CNN Radio correspondent and stylish man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Howdy. How's, how are you, brother? How's life? Doing good. Doing good. Hey, did you see this uh, this thing about the uh, the Roxy? Oh, yeah. You know, it's really funny because uh, I've had that conversation uh, with lots of people here in New York about how, you know, one of the reasons you used to come to New York was because of, you know, the incredible nightlife here that, you know, is is not matched in many other places. And one by one, all of the big clubs that used to be the draw here in New York have gone to the wayside. You know, as, as neighborhoods have become more desirable to live in, the rents go up and these big warehouse buildings get converted into lofts and then they don't want a club in the ground floor anymore. So they're going to bring back the Roxy, possibly. And the Roxy, Huge. and here's the thing, is that guy lived most of my life on the West Coast. So the Roxy was... Uh, it, was it was it a club? There was actual. Was it a performance club, or was it just a place where like musicians and celebrities would like hang out? Oh, it was it was a big dance club, one of those huge clubs that could fit thousands of people in it here in New York. I got a great idea. Here's here's the the, the idea. Rick Emerson's uh, surefire can't miss gold rush idea for today. There ought to be. You know how they'll have those uh, you know those uh, city specific versions of Monopoly, like a Portland, Oregon Monopoly, where it's like you know instead of pass and go, you go to Pioneer Quarter Square or something. There ought to be. Uh, a version of Monopoly that is not just New York-centric, but is actually where all of the things are New York landmarks that maybe no longer exist. For example, <laughs> CBGB's, uh, Studio 54. Huh? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'm trying to think, oh, the Hippodrome. <laughs> the, let me ask you this. What about Max's Kansas City? Gone. Yeah, see, so there you go. You would just be, it would be like fabled clubs of yesteryear. Yeah, I like All that right, idea. You you just, that idea you is know, yours to keep, Steve Castle. You know, you can actually market that. I've gone to the toy fair, and one of the booths that's always there year after year uh, is a company that, that markets uh, different versions of Monopoly, all the different uh, areas and different versions, different themes. Yeah, see, so this is, that's one of those things that you, you know, you only, you know, you, you, that's a thing that tourists would absolutely buy. So there's, you'll never go wrong marketing to the great middle American. I like that idea. I think I may look into that. And if I and if I get any money out of it, uh, you get a cut. Thank you, my friend. Oh, that's a verbal contract, by the way. I have that there on tape. All right. Uh, hey, what, what was this the business with with Obama's airplane yesterday? I mean, here's what you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear a guy going, "Well, there seem to have been some equipment issues with your plane." Sorry about that. And if and if the guy who is the Democratic nominee for president, if his plane isn't double checked before it leaves the tarmac, really, that makes me a little more unnerved. You know, the next time I have to fly to Seattle for something. You know what's really crazy about this? Uh, they, they have a chartered plane uh, from Midwest Airlines, which is not a surprise. You know, Midwest flies a lot around, you know, Chicago and, and that whole area where uh, Obama's from. And, uh, you know, they, it's one of those planes that has the rear stairwell, you know, like the, the back of the plane can open up after it lands and it has its own staircase. Right. There's an emergency, there's an emergency shoot in there. 
and apparently it inflated while they were in flight for some reason. Can you imagine the chute inflating back there, and it was causing an issue with some of the wires that control uh, some of the stability with the rear, uh, the controls of the rear uh, um, ailerons or whatever, the, the tail section of the plane. A little bit so, like you know, your uh, airbag going off while you're driving down I-5. It's really not a good thing. Yeah, no, that's that's no good at all. So, all right then. Uh, well, I know that you're doing the political ticker today, and I have to confess uh, that I got kind of a late start on things, and I was otherwise occupied today. So, uh, so you tell me, is there anything else going on in Obama v. McCain that I need to care about? Well, you know, Barack Obama, I, I think I might have mentioned it yesterday, has, has chosen uh, to give his acceptance speech during the convention in Denver. Oh, I heard that now, that's really irritating the news media. Big time. It's basically lots of questions and very little answers for all the members of the media. Rick, let me tell you something. When they had the convention here in New York for the Republicans in 2004, they set up a whole media city in this uh, big old post office building, this facility that was no longer being used by the post office. It was massive. Tens of thousands of media people, literally, not just, you know, the reporters and, and their underlings, but all the technical crews that go along with it and the support staff, they were all positioned in this media center across the street. And you had to go through a phalanx of security checks to get into the media center and then to pass from the media center into Madison Square Garden. So this takes an enormous effort to put this together just for one location, which would be the, uh, the indoor arena in Denver. Now they're saying, you know, on the last day, we're going to switch the whole show over to uh, the stadium at Mile High where the Denver Broncos play because Barack Obama wants to appear before an audience of 75,000, you know, which falls in line with this whole packaging of Barack Obama as a, as a movement, as, as a rock star. And, you know, they want to see him in front, you know, so the people can get in to see uh, Barack Obama. And it's not about the people. It's about creating an image. Sure. You know? But but it's 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 utterly... Uh, it's dumbfounding what a logistical nightmare this is now posing us. I mean, is it, did they just figure at this point, well, uh, how do I put this? Did they just, did they just figure at this point that the, that the wave and the positive imagery behind that guy in many sectors is just so strong that there's nothing that can do, that it would take something staggering to really derail that at this point? In other words, that he's just got so much sort of uh, aesthetic goodwill built up that he can make these huge grand gestures and it's just and everybody will just sort of fall in line? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, between now and the convention, he's really going to have to start talking a lot more uh, about specifics in his policies. You know, if you listen to his speeches on the campaign trail during the primaries, there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of rhetoric, you know, and it was a lot of things that, you know, a crowd would want to hear that would get them a, a, an emotional response from them. But the Quite frankly, when I listened to his speeches over and over again at different events, they, he was repeating things, and they, they were kind of light on substance. Now he's going to have to start talking in specifics, and he's starting to change, uh, at least on the surface it appears that he's starting to change some of, of the things he said, for instance, when it uh, pertains to Iraq uh, and, and other things. And, and so, you know, I, I guess they're, they're, they're concerned about maintaining that image that you talk about between now and the convention. Yeah, but I mean, I think you're really overestimating the intelligence of the average American idiot. I mean, realize that according to Jim, has been on in this country for like 12 years now. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, let's just, you and I can speak as men here. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The ever, I think it, it would be my sense that uh, they used to say that the country was divided. They no longer use that word. They say that the country, they, they, we, we, a little bit of new speak is to say that the country is very polarized. 
I think that for a huge swath of the American public, all Barack Obama has to do is just hold up a picture of George W. Bush and go, I'm not him. And then that's it. I mean, really, I mean, there's, that's, I think that just Americans are just so unbelievably divided on separate, as Pat Buchanan once said, Pat Buchanan, who I really do love in, in a strange way because he's just, he's just so plain spoken and honest and upfront regardless of whatever you think of his opinions. He is a, Pat Buchanan is the great political realist of our time. Uh, and he does everything with a sort of evil gleam in his eye that I really appreciate. Uh, are you a Hunter Thompson fan by chance? Not really. I mean, I'm familiar with him, but I'm, I'm not a big fan. If at any point you ever desire to kind of learn a little bit more about him, there's a documentary that just came out last week called Gonzo, which is sort of about the, you know his, his sort of salad days. And Pat Buchanan is interviewed all the way through it. And Pat Buchanan, he's just he's got that sort of just just that maniacal uh, glint in his eye all the time that mm -hmm. makes him sort of a joy to watch and listen to, even if everything he's saying is just completely and utterly abhorrent to you. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I, but, I understand. But he's uh, anyway he. Um, Wait, what the hell was I saying? Barack Obama, blah blah blah, <laughs> something. Wow, even I've gotten, even I can't follow. You're it. talking about the huge swaths of the country. Oh yeah, but so Pat Buchanan said that everybody talks about politics being uniting and that you want to bring the country together. And he said in one interview, he said, you know, that's that's a nice sentiment, but it's fundamentally dishonest. He said it is an election, and at the end of the night, you divide the house and you hope that the larger section of the house comes with you. Uh, and I think that. You know, for for Barack Obama, what he he just has he has such uh, a strong ally in the public uh, current distaste of the now, and mm -hmm. in any event. So there. So I think you're overestimating how much the average American voter really needs substance. Although, although Rick, I have to tell you, in traveling around with CNN over the last year and a half, one thing I've come to really realize. I mean, I always knew this was the case, but you know, I've seen it firsthand now. You know, I live here on the the the, the northeast coast. You're out there on the West Coast. You and I live in areas where uh, a great swatch, uh, swath of the country does not believe and think the way you and I, uh, the people in the areas where you and I live do. <laughs> they are very much at odds with uh, the things that, uh, you know, if you're here in New York or if you're in Portland, Oregon, that you might actually take for granted. I suppose. I was talking to Lisa about this at one point. We were talking about these, these alleged undecided voters, and I guess... I asked her if when she was out, if she had actually met anybody who who looked at John McCain and looked at Barack Obama and said, "I don't know, they just seem so similar. They just seem to, you know, they seem they seem very much the same on all the issues." I just I haven't met any of those people. So I know, it, it's interesting because because out, out on the West Coast uh, or here on the East Coast, uh, a lot of people think that. But but when when you get in between, there are a lot of. Uh, undecided folks who really do think that there, there are uh, a lot of similarities. We've lost touch with the common man, you and I, Steve Kastamon. We've uh, we've become too insular and isolated for our own good. We have. We're living in these bastions of liberalism, and we need to get out. <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, my friend, Ajoy, are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Hey, you know, we've got the big All-Star game coming up. It's starting to get wacky here in New York. Uh, all these silly events surrounding uh, the All-Star game. It's like, it's like a week and a half of, of, of a nauseous buildup. <laughs> if there's one thing the Rick Emerson show really does clamor for at all times, it is wackiness, Steve. So yes. We will undoubtedly speak about that in the very near future. Have a great afternoon, my friend. Thanks a lot. So long. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Wonderful. He sounds very irritated. Who, Steve Kastenbaum? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but with the media that's thing? It, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I read an article about that last night, actually, that I guess Barack is moving to this huge outdoor arena, and it is just completely as a, like a stick in the spokes kind of, of ridiculous. all the media. Well, because, you know, he's clearly, they know, 
they know their strengths, and their strength of the fact that he just has this kind of golden glow about him right now. Mm. Uh, and it's, as much as I get sick of that phrase, blah, 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 just like a rock star, blah, blah, blah. They really are. I mean, have you seen the cover of this month's, not that it matters anymore, but have you seen the cover of this month's Rolling Stone? This month's Rolling Stone magazine. I don't even think there's any words on it. I think it just says Rolling Stone has the masthead or whatever. And then it's just a picture of Barack Obama kind of doing this weird sort of faux casual uh, sort of expression. You know, it's, it, it, I, mean, I mean, it really is. It does remind me of all of the the old cover photos they used to run of Bruce Springsteen. So in any event. Um, all right. So much to get to today. So, um. Yeah, quit sending me emails about ants. I know they have six legs. Let's move on. <laughs> Jesus, for the love of Christ. Uh, all right, here's what we got to get to. Um, we have the top five coming up. Top five songs with 35 words or less. Uh, Richie Bristol will be doing some limited cross-dressing later on today. Oh, speaking of that, though, we should... Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio for a second? Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. And then... Um... Well, th- th- this will then lead into the next thing that we we might play. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good. Three times and I'm... What's that? You can code me. Yeah, but I can just press the button and speak. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, unless you... I mean, it does it do... If I press this button, is it like Morse code? Like that? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I think I'd prefer to just shout at you through that. Okay. Uh, all right, so uh, would you like to confirm uh, on the air what you just told Sarah and I about? Yes, we have the kids of Whitney High. They're going to be here two o'clock Thursday. That in is studio. fantastic. In studio. That is the, how many of them? Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hoping. Oh you my were... God! How many of them are there? Forty. Uh, I don't know. I watched the what, Ringers on the movie Ringers. Is that what they're on? I don't know. Yeah. What? They're in the movie Ringers, aren't they? What movie is what? What movie is that? That is the one where he's he fakes being in the Special Olympics. They were in that movie? Oh, is that like a Ben Stiller movie? No, it's a... Um, or Owen Wilson? The jackass guy. Oh, Johnny Knoxville? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it all blends together. That's a good movie. You so the seen kids that? of Whitney High are in that? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. I'm sorry. Well, Maybe you know I'm movies. Not, I don't I'm know. sorry. Maybe I'm not the Johnny Knoxville enthusiast it's that everybody movie, else is. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, let's... Hold on. Well, let me look. And uh, there's more. What What else? Well, they're going to be uh, They're gonna be in Eugene. The ninth. They're huge in college towns on Wednesday, imagine. but right. they're not doing anything. They're just going to be running they're around town, <laughs> running just, around town. They're just hanging out, really. Yeah, they're going to run around town in the college town, I guess, and try to go to frats and stuff. Wow, so that's going to end them. so badly. <laughs> that's going to end badly in almost and in almost certainly in lawsuits. Uh, the kids of Whitney High. Hold on. So I'm looking to see how many there are. Uh, you know what I don't have is that insect song. That's we used to play to that all the right time. Now. I can't find it anywhere. All I can find is uh, Pretty Girls. That's the one I think we played the other day. Uh, let's see here. The kids of Whitney High. So I'm looking at... So they'll be in studio on Thursday. Are they going to perform or are they just coming in to hang out? I believe we can get them to sing something. Um, let's see here. <laughs> we offer them candy. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, uh, well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Who doesn't love it? Kids love candy. You know it's true. I love candy. Uh, let's see. If you're a stranger, they'll be glad to accept it. <laughs> there, have you seen their logo? Their logo is like the uh, the handicapped, you know, the guy in, in the wheelchair that, like, you see spray painted in the parking lot. But the wheelchair ends in a big music note. That's fantastic. Um, let's see here. Kids of Whitney High, a group of students from Whitney High, a special ed high school in Los Angeles who write and perform original songs. Um, all right. The students perform in the L.A. area and presumably on tour with a band consisting of... Vince Lacasse on guitar, Judy Rudin on harmonica, harmonica, Tony Ballas on drums, Spiro Anthony on bass, Michael Monahan on guitar. So that's what one, two, three, four, five. So there are at least five. 
They have they have merchandise. That's so great. I'm buying a Whitney High T-shirt. Uh, all right. In any event, so they will be. Are they performing? They're performing at Backspace, right? Right. All right. Thursday night. Let's see here. Um, and there's more. Oh, oh, what? I'm sorry. How could it possibly be more? What else is there? Not about this, but it's what else, else is there? Uh, Joey Chestnut? Chestnut. Yes. Thursday also. Really? What at the same time? Uh, I'm. It's looking like a conflict. So phoner. Um. Well. Well, what do you mean? He's not going to be in town, though, is he? Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Oh. He's going to be in Portland for Thursday, too. Cruel fate! Why do you mock me? So maybe a phoner at 1130. Wait, so Joey Chestnut, the eating guy, and the kid... Well, why can't we have... We should have one of the kids of Whitney High interview Joey Chestnut. <laughs> yes. That's a great idea. Rick Emerson's a genius. Oh. Okay, that does seem almost certain to end in death. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm just I saying. He, I, I think he needs to save his stomach. So, wait, so why is Joey Chestnut going to be in town? He's going to be at Chinook Winds on Friday. Is Saturday. he going to be eating something? Is that like a, like when you're, you're a singer and you go around and you sing your hit? Does he just show up at places and eat hot dogs while people watch? No, they're having some kind of barbecue uh, eat-off competition at Chinook Winds that weekend. Oh, really? So he just travels around engaging in various food consumption competitions now. Yeah, making millions. It's country rule. Well, look, I mean, this is, can I just tell you? Uh, that, this is what makes America the greatest country on earth. The same day, we have a guy here who makes money flying around the country and eating hot dogs in front of an audience. <laughs> and then we have a group of dis developmentally disabled kids who have a record deal and are on tour who will be in the studio performing for us. And in a movie. Do you think they, and in a movie. Do you think they have this in Iran? No, sir. They do not. All right. I have a song. Really? Is it by the kids of Whitney High? Yes. Let's see. Do you listen to Life Without a Cow? Or Elvis. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know. Um, uh, we should also note... We'll talk about this very briefly. Uh, all right, and then the taboo guy is coming in today, too, Tom? Yes, Tom. All right, and we'll do some of your... What is in that duffel bag that you brought in today? You Why, are you asking? Why are you asking, Rick? Uh, Why are you asking? Because I almost... You know what it is? It's kind of like knowing in advance... Uh, you know, some some horrible twist that's coming in a movie so it doesn't shock you too badly when it actually happens. You're going to start getting scared of my red bag. Every time you see that red bag. Please don't talk about your red bag. My red I'm bag. I'm more scared of your pink bag, Richie. <laughs> wow, that was unnecessary. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Richie Bristol. Okay, well, later on we should talk because not too many people heard our... Live in studio on Thursday, kids. No more barbecue. Uh-huh. Uh, later on, we should talk about that Christmas song that never got played last Friday, because not too many people heard our explanation that day. And I will I tie that... Are we going to play a segment of it? We will play, we will play a segment of, the, of, of last Friday's aborted Christmas song. We'll take a break here. Back after this with Tim Riley. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, okay, so apparently Joey Chestnut's going to be competing at Smoking at the Ocean at Chinook Winds uh, Casino Re uh, Resort, July 11th to the 13th. Number one eater in the world. 
this year's Smoking of the Ocean. Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, live music. Something, something. I'm trying to find the... Oh, here we go. The nationally sanctioned... Attention, Tim Riley. The nationally sanctioned competitive rib-eating championship. Mmm. Mm. With a top... Pulling skin off an old <laughs> bowl with your teeth. <laughs> with a top prize of $1,500 is back. The top four finishers will go to take on the 2002, uh, I'm sorry, 2007 champion, champion and number one in the world of competitive eating, Joey Chestnut, and other eaters like Richard Lefebvre and Eric Denmark. Uh, what qualifies you as an eater? I don't really know the answer to that. I'm assuming it's some, some sort of a farm league or whatever, and then you work your way up in the AAA, and then semi-pro, and then pro. So, uh, well, in any event. Oh, there's going to be brisket samples, too. Excellent. Uh <laughs> Will there be any gizzards or <laughs> Just a whole bag full of spleens, Tim. Uh, so, yeah. So this coming Thursday, we will have the kids of Whitney High uh, on uh, Mike Patton's Ipecac Records label. It's uh, almost like a dream. It really is, Tim. It's something. Well, how long have we been playing Whitney High music? Seven years, probably? Oh, yeah. I mean, forever. For the longest time. Uh, so we'll have them in the studio. We're going to have them sing jingles for us. I are these the original kids? No, it's like or a they replaced them? No, it's like a, it's like a handicapped menudo kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, well, there are plenty of them out there. Well, I mean, because I do both. Children, I mean. <laughs> because it's a, it's a high school program, and every year there is a new batch of high schoolers, and then the others graduate and go on to lead a life of religious fulfillment. So do you think they don't even sing insects anymore? Because I can't find it. Maybe. Um, that might actually be true. Maybe that is because the, the thing is the kids at Whitney High sing, and they write and then perform their own material. So that might be from a previous incarnation of the band. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, and so now, which I guess makes sense. Uh, you know, you don't want to be there if, if the whole if the whole kind of you know if the whole shtick of it is that you're singing and writing your own stuff. You don't want to be performing some other guy's hit. That would just seem wrong. Uh, so, all right. So then we'll get to hear some brand new Whitney High material. Mm-hmm. We might ask them if they know any of the classics, though. We should also come up with one pop song we'd like for them to sing, like some sort of widely known, you know, like Louis Louis or something. Inagata de Vida. I was just thinking Inagata de Vida. Get out of my head. Um, <laughs> In any event. You know what you do to my brain? I'm walking down the hallway trying to mentally count the amount of legs on an ant. And, and I thought that was wrong. I thought I was it without, without knowing for sure. Yeah. And then finally you corrected yourself, and I got to stop thinking about ants. So he didn't even correct himself. Somebody had to correct Somebody him. emailed in. So well, anyway, I spent all that time thinking about ants walking around here when they didn't have to. It was just such a comedy of errors, though. I mean, it's like we have the ant farm. And here's the thing about that ant farm. It's not your old school ant farm where it's full of sand or whatever. This is like that glowing... It's like that glowing blue gel, and so the deal is it kind of is illuminated, and you kind of, you know, have you have you seen the kind of ant farm I'm talking about? Mm-mm. It's really cool. They sell it. It's like a sharper image ant farm, basically, where it's a sealed container uh, filled almost to the top with, uh, it's like sort of translucent blue gel, sort of like, I, I, I hate to say jello, but it basically looks like it's full of light blue jello. And the deal is you plug it in and it's illuminated, I'm sorry, it's illuminated from underneath. Uh, and so even at night you can sort of watch the ants kind of going around doing their deal. Uh, so we, But I mean there was just ants on the kitchen, ants on the floor, ants running up my arm. And then finally we just said screw this and we just threw them all, threw them all back in the garden. Like, ha, sorry. That just so, sounds really gross. It was just, it was, it was really just, uh, it didn't really work out the way we'd anticipated it. Because, man, I gotta tell you, it took... Uh, it took seemingly hours to get, like, three ants into there, and then you realize we have to do this 25 more times. Uh, all right. At the Ministry of Truth, ladies and gentlemen, play, uh, 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 yeah. 
It's time for the Rick Emerson Show New News Hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. New Town News is brought to you by Leafs Auto Collision Centers. Finest in collision repair. Go to Leafs.com and find out what Leafs can do for you. A former teacher from Mount Angel will spend six months in jail after pleading guilty to kissing one of his 14-year-old students. 36-year-old Colby Lee Mullen of Kaiser will also be on probation for five years. He was convicted of third-degree sex abuse. A charge of official misconduct for having consensual sex with an 18-year-old student was dropped after he agreed to uh, the plea bargain. But now he has to register as a sex offender. Right, so he can't even have contact with children, including his own. <laughs> really? Yeah, without approval of the Department of Human Services. Wow. So how old is he? 36. How old was this? Is this a girl he was kissing? Uh, 14. Well, it doesn't say girl or boy. It's a, but a student. student. Well, don't be a jackass, and these things won't happen to you, friend. Right. What kind of man is named after a cheese, anyway? I don't know. All right. Oh, you can't blame him for his name. I'm just saying. His name is not Jack. It's Lee. But, I mean, Colby is just a weird... Doesn't Colby sound like what you name a horse? I know Colby. Really? Yeah. I mean, Colby cheese is one of my very favorite kinds of cheese. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I would keep that as a name. It's like being named Gouda. I had a friend named Dimpy. <laughs> Really? Was that a nickname? <laughs> yeah, her real name was Dimpna. That's no better. I know, and so everyone called her Dimpy. Dimpy? <laughs> yeah. Man, Dimpy. I haven't thought of her in years. Yeah, Dimpy. That sounds like the name of a like a, some sort of fictitious ice cream chain. Come on down to Dimpy's, and Dimpy's would be like a like a really really low budget sort of ferals or something where there would be like a sad sort of like low rent clown kind of scooping ice cream out and hating his life. Dimpy. All right. Dimpy. I'm going to call you Dimpy from now on. Thank, thanks so much. Here's Tim Riley. We were just speaking about uh, horses. Wild horses are up for adoption in Malala, Pineville, and Bend. More than 40 of these wild horses will go up for adoption at three Mustang events. This is a different kind of Mustang ranch than what are. are uh, 20 to 25 horses from Jackie's butt. Uh, <laughs> or is it Jackie's butte, rather? <laughs> will uh, be at the Murderer's Creek Wild Horse Territory. There is such a place. You have to go to Murderer's Creek to get one of these horses. <laughs> the horses from Jackie's butt. Uh, two horses from Jackie's butt. <laughs> and Baby's butt herd management. Uh-huh. And Murderer's Cove wild horse. Cove. I don't think I'm going to go to Murderer's Cove, by the way, just if it's all the same thing to you. That's. Uh, I think I am going to avoid that. Well, anyway, uh, well, then go to Jackie's butt. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, pick up one of these horses. No, I'll, try to I'll be sure to do that. I'll, I'll get right on that today. Jesus. Employers at one of Oregon's largest hospital systems are being banned from downloading audio streaming from the Internet. This is at Providence Health and Services. They employed 16,000 people statewide. Does that mean they're no longer able to listen to the glory that is the Rick Emerson radio That's program? That's what it says here. Curse you! They're preventing streams of online radio stations. Oh, bastards. The only site. Dead to me. The idea is to free up more bandwidth within the company's internal computer network. And make more unhappy employees. Seriously, the idea is to quash out the few remaining shards of light that shine into our employees' miserable daily existence. No well, offense. Well, we know what's going to happen to the healthcare industry when certain people are elected in the fall, don't we? That's you? exactly what I'm saying. Hey, by the way, do you get these emails from people saying that they can't access our site because it's been blocked no. uh, by their work? And it's always blocked by the same thing. Let me find. Here we go. Rick, I just got this. Rick, first off, love the show. I listen during the lunch break. Great stuff. Uh, thank you, sir. He says, so one day I thought I'd check the website. This is what I got. And he doesn't say, I'm assuming this is rickemerson.com, not 970.am. This site has been blocked by the content filtering software as, quote, gruesome content. 
says, really, go figure. Thought you might find this interesting. You know, but that's like the third email I've gotten from people who say that RickEmerson.com, which, to the best of my knowledge, by the way, does not feature gruesome content of any kind. Uh, and I don't think I'm we... The whole family. You know what? And very rarely is there any profanity. We almost... There's never anything, like, sexual, or there's no nudity or up there or anything. It's not like a porn site or whatever. So I don't... Under, I mean... I, I don't have know. a lot of swearing on mine, so I can see why mine's boring. Hear that one, kids? I, yeah, so I don't... Uh, yeah, so I don't understand exactly why... My site would be blocked, but apparently it is. I would be curious to know. You can get there through my site if you want to go. But see, I wonder if that even works. If they try to get there through your site, if it just sort of blocks it again. We'll try it anyway. I don't like the idea of our listeners being thwarted by their place of uh, business. I'd like to hear, although you probably can't call in about this. We should should figure out a way that people can get through blocked websites at work. Like a sticking it to the man sort of Mm -hmm. application. I'd like to hear, via email probably, because you probably can't call about this. If you uh, if you are listening to this stream uh, sort of on the like on the down lower without without the man's permission if you are secretly listening to us at your place of business and you can't call in and if your boss doesn't really know you're listening uh, you should email about that I'd like to uh, I'd like to hear from folks like that it's Rick at RickEmerson.com let us know how you're uh, how you, how you're listening you know like on the uh, on the QT here's Tim Riley take matters into our own hands that's what I'm, we'll dealt we'll deal with those people as they need to be dealt with now speaking of posting. Stuff I posted the remarkable oscillating fan story. How great is that video? It's great. Yeah, it's on my website at RileyLive.com. You must go and listen. It's it, 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 really, and I and I say this a lot, and I don't want people to think that just sort of hear it and think that I just say it automatically or without meaning it. We really do have the best audience in the we history do. of audiences. Mm. I mean, the idea that, that they would just take the time to make not only the white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel thing, and then the oscillating fan. I mean, it really is just, it's like I just want to pick up the audience and give them one big collective non-intimate hug. You bet. I mean, it's uh, so good for, good for you, audience. Here's Tim Riley. Clear Channel Outdoor, the company that owns virtually all the billboards in the Portland metro area, is refusing to post advertisements from the Iraqi children's campaign, saying, quote, this is not appropriate for a market at this time. The goal of the billboards is to cause people to think and feel when they see the faces of war-torn Iraqi children. The campaign spokesman said the group won't give up. They're going to look for other ways to advertise, but how can they do it when Clear Channel owns them? Go online. Oh, speaking of the Iraqi war, i got a couple of stories here about that. Uh, Iraq says his country will not accept any security deal with the U.S. unless it contains specific dates for the withdrawal of U.S.-led troops. So Iraq wants us to leave as, as soon as possible, and they want to be given a date. And the response from the U.S. is, we'll stay if we want to. <laughs> The United States has rejected uh, the demand from Iraq for a specific date for withdrawal. So wait, who is it? Who who in Iraq made this request? Uh, Iraq's national security advisor. So they so Iraq is officially asking us to leave, and we've just declined. Correct. You know, we should all just go. Uh, I don't even know who the Secretary of Defense is right now. Who is that? Oh, somebody's name I can't pronounce. Not Donald Rumsfeld anymore. Oh, ours? Who is our Secretary of Defense at this moment? You got me on that one. I, I never hear any names. I'm so used to saying Donald Rumsfeld, and I've completely forgotten. Well, apparently they don't want it to be known who they are. They won't get a book deal. It's Condoleezza Rice, but she's our Secretary, Secretary of State. Of State. Yeah. So who is our National Security Advisor? It's not Richard Armitage. Well, apparently now there's a State Department spokesman named Gonzalo Gallegos. And really? Yeah, he's making statements for us. Okay. So I was just going to suggest that we just go find whoever it is that makes these statements on our behalf and just all go live at their house and refuse to leave. Mm -hmm. We'll just go stay in their living room, just kind of hang out there. So listen to the response from the State Department. The U.S. government and the government of Iraq are in agreement that we, the U.S. government, we want to withdraw, we will withdraw. However, that decision will not be condition-based. Why, that isn't even an English sentence. (laughs) No, the the syntax is all over the map there. 
We will not accept any memorandum of understanding that does not give a specific date, says the Iraqis. Does, has somebody bothered to tell the government that it's not our country? That, I mean, we don't, that it's, it's actually not, it hasn't been officially annexed as part of America? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm. I Who wouldn't want such a place, really? <laughs> it really is like annexing a crack house. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm going to take this meth lab and I'm going to make it part of an outdoor shed that I'm building. I, I mean, I mean, I think we can all agree that there's whole sections of the world that really, despite uh, I think empty-headed liberal screamings to the contrary, there are lots of places in this country that would be better if we just went in and took them over and refashioned them. Saudi Arabia, for example, yeah. where we keep insisting that we ought to start this sort of global house cleaning. But it seems like we ought to either, uh, my mom used to use that phrase, like yours probably did, it ends with, or get off the pot. It, it seems like we, we ought to either just sort of announce that we're going to do this and just, just, just begin the refashioning of the earth, or just not, uh, as opposed to this weird sort of hokey-pokey in-out middle ground thing that we keep doing, which makes no sense at all. All right. Um, oh, hey, there's some people about getting uh, anonymous online uh, access to whatever. Let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson uh, program. Hello. Hey, uh, Chris, uh, there's two ways, one oh, that I know of. One is really, really hard. The other way is if you just go to Google and type in anonymous browser, there's new ones that pop up all the time, so um, your company may not be up to, up to par with blocking them. And then you go through another website that hides the address of the original website. Oh, so it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a proxy. I, well, I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure you know what I mean. Yes, you go through a proxy server. Um, it's kind of older. Uh, it's been around for a while, but uh, the other way I don't really want to get into. So this is so he, for those who don't know. So using a proxy server. So if you go to Google and you just type an anonymous browser or proxy or something, what it's basically like is it is like it's like a it's the Cyrano de Bergerac of web of web browsing. So basically means like if I for some reason was not allowed to talk to Tim, I would tell Sarah, hey. Sarah, tell Tim that shirt looks really snazzy that he's wearing today. That's correct. And then there's. Um, I was going to act it out just now. Hold on a second. Uh, we're okay. simulating proxy web browsing. <laughs> Why? Sarah, hey Tim, that that shirt you're wearing looks really snazzy today. Hey Tim, that shirt you're wearing looks really snazzy today. Why? Thank you. Why? Thank you. See, there you go. That's a uh, web browsing uh, via a proxy server. So well done, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank uh, you, my friend. Yes. And one, one more thing. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it! I always get fooled. Uh, let's see here. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, good afternoon. What's up, sir? Uh, my workplace. Uh, I am National Guard, and I work for the state headquarters. And uh, I cannot uh, access the website. Wait, so you work for it now? You just work in a government office? Is like for the actual National Guard? Well, no, I'm in the National Guard full time. Uh, and I work at the state headquarters building okay. for the National Guard. And so can you is it that you can't get to my website or you can't get to the station's website? Uh, Rick Emerson, I think it's rickemerson.com. Uh -huh. What happens when you try to go there? What does it say? The National Guard Bureau has restricted this website. See, and, that, and that's it. What would that, that why, why, why always the my restriction? My friend wrote me and said that it was because it, our website was blocked as entertainment. 970.am. Which, which no one is allowed any how entertainment. How dare you? Well, see, 970.am, I could see how they could technically block that as entertainment because it's a radio station site. But they don't have any idea what mine is. Does it Does it give you a reason or does it simply say that rickemerson.com is blocked? It just says the Rick Emerson show is blocked. I can, later on when I go back, I'm sitting in my car for lunch, I can go back into work and try it again and... It's just interesting because I wonder, like, do you suppose to some extent this is an automated process where it's scanning my site for keywords, or 
is this where some IT guy sitting in an office actually like monitors internet usage in other words do they physically go and look at my site and make the call about to block or not to block or i wonder if it just scans for like boobs or something and then blocks it based on that i don't know i think it'd be uh, quite a compliment though if somebody actually went in and, and went in to your website if the if the federal government actually took took the time and the means to block yeah, me that's all right big. it's because they're afraid I'll, I'll call you back in a half hour let know exactly what that website says please do they're afraid of our ideas sir all right, thank you. Love it. Thank uh, there you, you go. go. The National Guard hates us because of our freedom. Here's Tim Riley. Say, at the same time that we're calling Iran an axis of evil, we are selling them brassiers, bull semen, cosmetics, and even weapons. Yes, we've sold them more than $158 million under President Bush. Uh, some of the other things, we've, uh, we've sold them $620,000 in aircraft parts to kill us eventually. $196,000 worth of uh, aircraft. Also, uh, let's see here. Oh, we sold them soda for $64 million. Does it say what brand of soda? It does not. All right. $18 million of bull semen. For what possible purpose? I don't know. Maybe How much? $18 million in bull semen. This is, by the way, this is a news story. It is a news We're story. We're reading this as a, as a part of journalism here. The, the, the AM 970, KCMD Portland, a proud part of the CBS radio family, operating in the public interest convenience and necessity. Bull semen, really? Yeah. $18 million or billion? Million. Million dollars. How much does it go for? Maybe that's not a lot, though. Maybe that's just like... Well, the dollar's only worth 50 cents. Like... <laughs> but, I mean, depending on how rare it is. $101,000 worth of bras... $175,000 in sculptures, $96,000 worth of cosmetics, only $8,000 in perfume. Well, I guess nothing would help them out there. $21,000 in golf carts. <laughs> golf carts. $3,000 in fur, like they need fur in the desert. <laughs> well, I guess it's not one of the higher priced items. So, you know, here's the thing. This is how my brain works, though. Because I spent a lot of my youth watching Mr. Wizard uh, on Nickelodeon, now I'm just picturing all of these items laid out on a table, Apollo 13 style, and wondering exactly what they can all be used to make. Do you know what I mean? Well, we're going to give them cancer because we sold them $154 million in cigarettes. That's more than anything. <laughs> bull semen. Bull semen. You know, we're all going to regret this when a bunch of bull semen missiles come back and like level our houses. All right. Well, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's a, here's the thing. There's too much comedic potential there, and I'm just... I'm overwhelmed by it. I just don't even think there's anything I'll I can say. I'll read it again later. Yeah. Braziers, really? Yes. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, one of the reasons why most of these uh, uh, filter uh, filters uh, block out your website, you had words like curl and two girls, one cup on your website for a while. Uh, and so just like it scans for those particular bits of text? Well, it, it, there's a parameter of what is allowed and what's not allowed, depend, depending on where they set it. So, for instance, the world word vomit or hurl or anything like that. <laughs> you know, those videos you had up for a while? Yes, sir. That would block the website from being viewed at, you know. That's too much for our fighting men. Seriously, I wonder if, I wonder if there's some way that I should see down, down to it. Yeah, Aaron said that there were words in his, too, that were cached so that, because you had penis. Xbox and games on there, and so it's cached, so that means he can't go back and visit it. It's kind of sad to see your whole life and existence boiled down to a few words like penis and Xbox. Yeah, uh, or like this uh, booby doctor and, you know. Booby doctor. But don't you almost, don't you kind of want to jam it a little bit now, though, and just sort of, don't you want to try to fill the site full of words? What if you spelled it backwards? That have, like, that's a great idea. We should have, like, a, a safe for workizer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Was it a boob? It's spoob. Oob bay. <laughs> 
Um, we should have some sort of pig Latin thing where we put all of the profanity inside in pig Latin or, or whatever, something like that. Something. Or, all right. Actually, all right. Symbols or something like that. No, there you pictographs. There you go. All right. Thank you, my friend. Hey, no problem. Uh, by the way, so we'll keep all of these emails anonymous today. Uh, this one is from uh, a listener who says, We aren't supposed to stream stuff because of the bandwidth problem, but my radio doesn't pick up your show, so I sneakily listen online until I get caught. I can't live without you. Thank you. Aww. We can't live without you either, uh, miss. Uh, let's see here. How about this? Um, banning the stream, this says. Um, uh, let's see. Rick. Streaming is strictly prohibited at my... This is so empowering. Yes. Streaming is strictly prohibited at my place of work. However, I am a rebel and I listen anyway in secret. Uh, I work in Sandy. We have terrible reception. And me being incredibly selfish and not wanting to ruin my own listening joy, I cannot really spread the word to my fellow co-workers for fear of them somehow completely blocking me from listening. Am I selfish? Well, yes, but in a good way. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, and current Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates. All right. Mm. Uh, I'll give you uh, one more here, and then we'll read some more later. Rick, um, here's a great one. Listening on the download. Rick, I have a two-inch by two-inch portable radio with one earpiece. The radio goes in my pocket. This, come on now, That's listen to this. Genius. The radio goes in my pocket. The cord goes from my pants pocket up underneath my shirt. The earpiece goes in my ear with my hair strategically placed over the ear to block it. It's a lot of work, but your show makes the day go by faster. I mean, come on. How that's great is that? Stealth mode. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, that just makes me feel, that makes me feel good. Thank you, earpiece. Thank, thank you. Thank God bless all of you. Here's to you, surreptitious. I'm going to have a promo written for that. Hold on. Promo. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Yes, all kinds of strange things can happen at work. Take 19-year-old Debbie Hawkins, for example. She spent a half day at work before noticing that a baby bat was hiding inside her bra. Miss Hawkins got dressed around 7.30 a.m., arrived at work at the Holiday Inn, before noticing anything unusual. When I was driving to work, I felt a slight vibration in my cup, and I just thought it was my mobile phone in my jacket pocket. It wasn't until her lunch break at noontime that she felt a strange movement inside her bra, which had been hanging on her washing line the previous night. <laughs> it was a baby bat. You Wait. noticed that, unless she has, like, a significant amount of padding in there. I was just going to say, is there, um, so wait, it was a, a baby bat inside her bra. That's correct. Sarah's shifting uncomfortably in her seat. Well, I don't have bosoms, so I can't make any observation here, but I was just going to say, well, even with padding, though, like, wouldn't you feel that there was something furry between your body and the bra? Yes. I mean, that's like, like a... Maybe it's some, like, scratchy lace bra. Maybe. I was just going to say... I don't know. I think you'd... It's like if you had a squirrel in your underwear. Maybe I think you'd notice. Really big boobs. Well, but see, I was going to say maybe it's the opposite. Maybe she had really small breasts, and therefore... Well, she's like, hot dog, one of them grew. <laughs> the only one, though. And, and only in the shape of a bat. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a two-year-old toddler is in protective custody after the child was found wandering around the streets of Kaiser alone... A neighbor noticed the child on the street around 10 o'clock, started looking for the mom. Other neighbors and police went door-to-door -door for more than four hours before locating her. Uh, apparently, she didn't seem to care that her child had been lost. <sighs> police arrested the teenage mother, 19-year-old Sabrina Mills. Uh, she goes back to court today to determine if the child should be placed in a foster home. Following her arrest, the teenage mother admitted to police she'd been smoking marijuana and playing video games. Where was this at? Kaiser. She needs to go in the book. Seriously. All right. Hold on. 
Sabrina Mills. Sabrina Mills. Common spelling. Sabrina Mills. And so she left the kid where? Let the kid wander around outside while she was playing video games and smoking marijuana. Let's, and she admitted to police. Let's didn't kid care. wander. Well, when the uh, child's father got home to be part of that nuclear family, I'm sure that he was cross about it. Father? <laughs> See, that works on two levels. Let's kid wander. This is what? Is this right here in Portland or? Kaiser. Kaiser. All right, Kaiser. All right, Sabrina Mills, you are in the book. You will be dealt with in the appropriate fashion at the appropriate time. By the way, speaking, I'm not going to, I'll put them in the book later, but it, this is, at first I thought this was going to be another kid left in a hot car story. But can I tell you this, Laura and I were bicycling just the other day. I didn't tell the story the time because I was too angry about it. We were bicycling the other day, and we had, it was that day, it was like 98 degrees or whatever, you know, it was that whole string of days where it was above 95 every single day. And we saw, yes, somebody who had just left their freaking dog in a car, with the windows nearly rolled up. And we didn't even notice it because we were bicycling, bicycling by. We didn't see the dog. And then we heard the dog kind of barking. And we look over, and there's the freaking dog in the you know car, windows rolled up almost at the top. And, of course, the dog's not having a good time of it. And the dog was doing, like, that horrible sort of, you know, the yelping or whatever. And so we stopped. We got off our bicycles. And we went over. And the dog had just been left in a vehicle with the windows nearly rolled up. And so I immediately got I called, got on the phone. I called uh, Multnomah County Animal Control, which is unfortunate. They, they were giving me the whole, like, leave a message. Uh... And so we, um, we, the, the, the truck, the car was parked in front of a house. And so we went up to the house uh, and we knocked on the door and we said, uh, and the woman came to the door and we said, Hey, is this your, uh, is this your car? And she looked at, she said, no, who left that dog there? And I said, you know, I don't know. I thought maybe it was yours. And so we were just, uh, we were going to just start going up and down the street, knocking uh, on each door, trying to figure out who owned the truck and who left the dog in there. So as we're getting ready to knock on the second door, and by the way, the woman at the first house, whose name I didn't catch, God bless her, she actually was like going inside to like get a bowl of water for the dog because the dog had just got its head out enough out the window. The dog had just got its head out the window enough that we feared that the window was going to shatter, which would have ended badly. Mm -hmm. So just as we're preparing to knock on the second uh, on the second door to try to find out w what jackass left their dog inside a hot car. What do we see? But the owners of the car waddling down the street uh, it, because they had wandered, they had parked the car, rolled up the windows, of course, because why not, uh, and then walked off to buy chewing tobacco for both of them. So it was, it was a man and a woman. It was a couple. Could you tell the difference between the two? No, no, Tim, I couldn't. The only, the only way that you could distinguish between the man and the woman is that she had a scrunchie in her hair. And they had gone off, I swear to Christ, they each were holding a patch of chewing tobacco. Or like a pack. And they came back and I said, hey, boyo, what's up with the uh, leaving the door? And, and I swear to God, their response, it's like one of those things where you feel Mr. Hand becoming Mr. Fist. I said, hey, we were just trying to figure out who, I was trying to be very diplomatic, where you're trying not to scream at them. And so uh, we're standing there and this woman has like a thing of water she's brought up with the dog. And I said, hey, you know, we were trying to figure out who owned this truck because it's really hot and the dog has been kind of yelping because he's, you know, kind of not feeling very good about it. And they said, well, he was only there for a little while, you know, and I just, just like one of those things where you're just, just for all the world, you're wanting a knife and an alibi. All right. Well, in any event, uh, by the way, this email says, hey, Rick, my work's web filtering labels Sarah's website as non-productive. <laughs> <laughs> you are non-productive. Uh, tell your listeners to look for a reliable web proxy. Uh, it uses a different computer to access the site and forwards the information uh, to your computer. So uh, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. 
Well, sometimes we don't think that people are, are caught in these terrible situations eight hours a day. Well, we sit here just having fun. I mean, that that's uh, and, uh, and I think there's that promo running right now where I talk about when somebody says that we make the workday go by faster. That that really is like the best compliment ever. When somebody's like, I hate my job. I have to just sit there and I have to I have to count spoons and then put them in the boxes all day long. Uh, I mean, we've all had those jobs. Those jobs that are terrible that suck. Uh, and so, um, you know, and so like a lot of people, well, I mean, and, and I think it works the opposite. I mean, I certainly, um, have had jobs, days, whatever, uh, when I listened to the radio or when I listened to the, you know, the, the talk radio, especially the got, I mean, even when I was, even when I was like an embittered fired radio host, when I was working in California, I would work at that Seven Eleven, and I would go in every night. And it's the first thing I do. I was, I would turn on the radio and I would turn on K. KMBR, I think, in San Diego. Um, I think that was the station I listened to. And I would just listen to talk radio all night long because it's the only thing uh, that would just make the night go by. And working at a 7-Eleven in some bad part of San Diego between midnight and 6 is just like the worst. It's just like asking your soul to die. Um, and so talk radio was really one of the only things that would make the night go by faster. So we are glad to uh, we are glad to provide that service, my friends. Here's Tim Riley. Snow, I can't even pronounce it. Snohomish County. Snohomish. Why on earth would you name a county that? Um, ridiculous. I think it's. Is that an Indian name? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's time to name things after Americans. <laughs> well, anyway, people in that Indian county say text messages sent from a man to his girlfriend on the day of her ex-boyfriend's killing helped lead to murder charges against him too. Ed Stimler says Brent Starr and Deborah Kennedy are charged with first-degree murder in the death of David Grimm. The Grimm man's body was found in the Sultan home he shared with Kennedy and Stemmler. Both wanted him to get out. The phone record shows Starr sent a text message saying, It's done. To his girlfriend the morning that Grimm was killed. Okay, that's oh, creepy. creepy. The cow is in the barn. It's done. A search of the home found pornographic pictures and believed the victim was keeping them so he could stay in the house. I don't understand. What? Detectives say a search of the home found pornographic pictures and believed the victim was keeping them so he could stay at the house. So apparently some sort of bribe. Like blackmailing? Oh, like a, like a, here's a picture of you and a hockey team. Let me stay here. All right, it's done. It's huh? done. <laughs> the eagle has landed. All right. Um, text message. Hey, here's a funny joke that somebody can use for a... Uh, morning show? Yeah, I was going to say for a morning show or maybe a cartoon or something at some point. Uh, it's where a guy like you know picks up his cell, his cell phone rings. He picks it up, and then a voice out of the phone just goes "Yeehaw!" And then somebody says, "What was that?" And he goes, "It's a text message." Text from Texas. This email says, "Rick, I listen at my desk on an old ass CD player slash AM radio. If they told me I had to quit listening to your show, I would quit my job." FYI. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your loyalty. Um, let's see. Well, we'll uh. I'm not going to read this email about mismatched boobs. Thank you all the same. Uh, yeah, I saw that one, too. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Uh, it's stories like that that make our websites prohibited. To general exactly. why, why do you hate our listeners? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. What's up? Hello. Hi. Um, I just wanted to thank uh, KCMD, the talk, for putting you on all weekend, but now I can't get... White whole wheat sourdough English muffin bagel out of my head. Well, I can say that we're sorry, but we're really not. I know you're not. All right. Hey, Sarah. Yes. Adios. Au revoir. Al Theater Zane. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Well, that was entertaining. Let's take a break, shall we? What kind of, you know, what, what are my choices for bread? And she said, white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Back after this, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. A brave man meets a man named Fam with a fan as he wrestles the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story? Well, our shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked out the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs with the oscillating fan. Fan like ham? Right. Okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and the fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Richie Bristol, can you do me a huge favor? Can you um, can you bring us some paper towels, please? For reasons that oh, no, need not be discussed. Here. Oh, that's just me. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, we'll have today's top five. Top five songs with less than, th- I'm sorry, fewer. I always do that. Top five songs with fewer than 35 words in them. Uh, Richie's, uh, I don't know, 85th step into cross-dressing. And uh, CNN radio correspondent James Rubin. This is Tim Riley. So now everybody's getting uh, nervous about the uh, the energy crisis we're living in. And this just in, General Motors is working on harnessing the power of the sun. They don't explain how they're going to do that. They have millions of chances to do so. It seems like we've had, I don't know, hundreds of years to start harnessing the power. That Never mind. Never yeah. mind. No, I, I, I agree. And then we have this uh, Texas oil billionaire. His name is Pickens. Well, he's come up with what he calls the Pickens Plan. He wants to save the nation $700 billion a year in oil imports, and he's spending $2 billion of his own money to build the world's largest wind farm, located in, <laughs> located in Texas, of course. They're going to start generating power in 2011. He's calling on other investors. Like, he needs some help. 
to come up with this thing. Hold on one second. Hey, Richie, uh, I just saw you wear Can you bring in some paper towels? That'd be fantastic. Like quickly. Yeah. Please. Uh, well, Jim, the guys who are always doing this, who are soliciting money, are always guys who are independently wealthy themselves. Yeah. Like, you never see a poor guy going, look, I'm dirt poor and I'm living in a box, but I'd like to raise $2 million if, for solar energy. It's always a guy who's already a billionaire who was, quote, seeking investors for his project. Then the uh, Toyota Prius. They got to put solar panels on it this time. The solar panels will be on the roof. Is, is that going to look ugly? Well, probably, but I mean... It's going to provide 2 to 5 kilowatts of electricity. Toyota Motor Company plans to uh, produce the panels from Japanese electronics makers. They're, uh, oh, they're not telling people very much about it. Sales of the Prius have been booming. I think there's like a waiting list here of, of 300 people. The hybrid delivers better mileage by switching between gasoline and electric. Well, this but uh, see, this goes back to that question I asked a couple weeks ago that we were really never going to get an answer to, which is why there, why there isn't a, a solar-powered air conditioner. That I mean, is... doesn't it seem... Thank you, Richie. But then we figured out there was a solar-powered air conditioner. Did we? Yeah. Who? There where? Was... Where? Where is there... So I don't remember where that. The, yeah, I looked it up on the Internet, and there were... So where can I buy one? Because wouldn't you complete... But, I mean, I would completely buy that. Uh, I mean, if it was sort of reasonably priced, I mean, in terms of like uh, amortizing or whatever, either that cost over however many years, it just seems like every, it seems like anything at this point ought to be able to be powered by the sun. I mean, it, ju it just seems like there's no reason at this point for something not to be solar powered. All right. Well, in any event, you know what I'm get telling you right now? Here's a little prediction, just because I know how that company works. I guarantee, freaking to you, that within the next uh, 18 months, Apple will start making some version of one of their laptops or an iPod or an iTouch or something that is solar powered. You mark my words. Uh, because they're just so deeply entrenched into the kind of, you know, like into the college culture and the, so the green culture or whatever they're calling it now, that Apple will start putting out solar-powered electronic devices within two years tops. Apparently there is one. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. It's called the So Cool System. Is this actually from Apple? No, it's not from Apple. All right. But it, Apple themselves will start to do that at some point. It, I it, guess so. It just seems, it seems inevitable. Uh, speaking of Apple, uh, the Mac guy... Has broken up with Drew Barrymore. It doesn't say if he's been dumped, who was the dumper or the dumpy, oh, but they I split we, up. I think we know. Less than four months before the actress cooed about her lover on Oprah. <laughs> Back in March, a Charlie's Angel star told Oprah she's mad about Long. She said her romance with the dodgeball actor is healthy, productive. He's full of humor. A spokesman woman for Barrymore tells the Star Magazine, I can confirm the split, but no other comment. <laughs> The couple started dating in August after meeting on the set of the upcoming movie. He's just not. That oh, the upcoming! Really? Are you kidding me? Wait, hold on. Oh, this is so much here. Layers. Wait, hold on. He's so just not that into you. They had lunch it right themselves. Um, he's not that. He's just not that into Drew. That'll be the first headline right there. That's it. I'm giving doing your jobs for you, print media. He's just not that into that's, Drew. That's exactly what's going to be. That's going to be in People. A. So this is so great. I this is okay. Uh, a, here's here's why I was sort of snickering about this because I think it's a well documented phenomenon. We've sort of discussed this a lot on the show that you know if you want your relationship to fail, people do it themselves. You go on uh, television, you go on uh, anywhere, and you start talking about how great your relationship is. That's exactly what happens. Uh, and it's always celebrity couples that they get they start dating, and then two months after they're together. Uh, they get on television, they go on Oprah, they go on whatever, they go, we're just so unbelievably happy. He's really like my soulmate. That guarantees that your relationship will not work out. Uh, if you go sit on a couch across from Oprah Winfrey and start talking about how uh, how ecstatic you are with everything. I don't say anything about mine, and mine still don't work out. Hmm. 
Uh, point B, uh-huh. and, and I didn't even realize they had an upcoming movie. That's the worst because then it just poisons the whole well for the movie. It's like that Geely uh, syndrome or whatever the hell. Yes. Where it's like you got some movie. Because then everybody goes and they watch the movie, and the movie is either A, awkward, or B, only morbidly fascinating. Because you watch the film really intently, not seeing the characters, only seeing the actors, and wondering if you can see in his eyes that even then he was planning to dump her. Uh, and thirdly, the movie's called He's Just Not That Into You. I Truth in marketing. How they're going to um, make a movie out of that book because it was just like a, a book of like short stories. Right, it's a great idea for a book. The book I did the actually book is read fantastic. the book itself, and it was it was an interesting book. But I, I, but I mean, they you know they made a movie out of Fast Food Nation, and I didn't think that was possible. So I mean, you know, I guess anything anything can work uh, except for Drew Barrymore and her relationships. Okay, here's is that the whole cast of Charlie's Angels that's now embittered and single now? Lucy Lou, we're looking in your direction. I guess so. All right, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. John McCain isn't sure what to make of a recent remark by Bill Clinton. While talking about Nelson Mandela at the Aspen Ideas Festival, uh, Clinton said a prisoner of war can go years before something happens to trigger bad dreams and incite new hatred. McCain is trying to laugh it all off. I don't know where he gets his expertise. Uh, uh, that's I, I don't know how to respond to that. New York City cement truck drivers return to the bargaining table. With construction coming to a halt on civil construction projects throughout the Big Apple, cement truck drivers are returning to the table in hopes of reaching a deal. The 400 members of Teamsters Local 282 are seeking better pay. But a spokesman for the cement guys, Francis Finnerman, Francis, Francis, Says the Teamster, uh, well, his cement guys want to get back to work as soon as possible. His cement guys. For the moon. We're not asking for outlandish raises. All we want is enough money to get by. And even with these raises, we still are going to be behind the eight ball. We want to get back to work. <laughs> That's what we want. That sounds like dialogue from a 1940s movie. <laughs> I was just going to say, that sounds like that Hoffa movie starring. Hot dames. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell them that they all give in to our demands, we're going to break their legs. All right. That sounds just like that, like that Nicholson Hoffa movie that that came out many years back. Clueless alumni Stacy Dash apparently has some business sense. The actress has been running her own lingerie company called Letters of Marquee. She said she came up with the idea shortly after giving birth to her daughter and was having a hard time feeling beautiful oh, and sexy. Is this lingerie for bloated pregnant women? It is. Yeah. Fantastic. I only had one item that I that would do that for me. It was back. a 150-year-old combing jacket. And it's 150 years old. I cannot wash it all the time. So I went out looking for things that I could wear that were like it, and I couldn't find anything. And I was very frustrated. And I thought, you know what? I'll make it myself. She is now on the reality program Celebrity Circus. It's on tomorrow. And she does not age. Dash, I don't even know who this is. Oh, she's, uh, she was in Clueless. Who was she in Clueless? She was um, Cher's best friend. Mm, I haven't seen that movie in like, I think I saw it once when it came out. I don't think I've seen it since then. So, all right. Anyway, now she's putting out lingerie for pregnant ladies. She is. That's great. That's a wonderful idea. Moms are sexy. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, the annual 4th of July parade in Beverly Farms, Massachusetts, was supposed to be irreverent but fun. However, this year's event got negative reviews from residents of Gloucester as tasteless and crude. A portion of the parade was designed to poke fun at neighboring Gloucester's 17 pregnant high school girls. <laughs> On one of the floats, girls were dressed as they they were pregnant, while young men rode bikes dressed as diapers and made to look like babies. This woman's review of the parade was dismal. 
I find it appalling. I find it very distasteful. Yeah. She was taken aback by some of the flows. Definitely caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it, but, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the floats were going to be. That's fantastic. Do you have this story about the um, fireworks display? Uh, God, where was this? Where was this fireworks display that went horribly wrong? Um, I heard about that somewhere. Wait, hold on. It was in, uh, where was Charles City? Is this Kansas? I think everything that doesn't happen here is in Kansas. Um, what went wrong? Local and state fire investigators are still trying to determine that answer to the question after a horrifying ending. We love horrifying endings. A horrifying ending to what had been a picture-perfect 4th of July celebration in Charles City uh, Friday night. Cedar River. Where is Cedar River at? I've no like Iowa. Oh, well, here we go. None of this is Iowa. Um, is it? I just didn't guess. At least 37 people were injured and treated at Floyd County Medical Center after an apparent an apparent misfire. They're not quite sure about it. It could. It's entirely possible that members of the audience just spontaneously erupted into flames. After an apparent misfire on the final big volley of the night at the annual 4th of July fireworks show, entertainment turned to terror as the accident set a huge set a huge fireball and exploding shells directly into the huge crowd. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then local Rube, what's his name, says, the show was real, I'm quoting now, the show was real good for a while. Then after all of a sudden, I just saw a huge fireball coming at us. I guess that would ruin the evening. <laughs> that would tend to put a damper on the crowd's enthusiasm. Hey. Oh, that's fantastic. From the Chicago office of Radio and Rec. What was that? Oh, people just speak to her at random. Your computer makes the strangest noises. It really does. Oh, that's fantastic. Entertainment turned to terror as the accident set a huge fireball and exploding shells directly into the huge crowd. Oh, so was uh, it resolved? I don't know. So if, if, I, if I resolved, you mean entertaining? Um, I don't know that. Any, I think that probably an investigation is still ongoing. Will the event be held next year? <laughs> I don't know. It's like every year after an air show, don't you expect to see some sort of like, this year's air show will not be. <laughs> the Festival of Fireballs. Well, that was like that air show. With the this, year's, this year's Festival of Death will not be held. I'm sorry? Well, that, that was like that year when they held, held the air show and that plane crashed in my neighborhood setting four houses on fire. The first thing the guy does is get up in front of the microphone. This is a safe air show. As the whole street is going up in flames. As, as he cannot even be seen from the haze of smoke in the air. Uh, you know, statistically speaking, it's still safer than driving. All right. That's great. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. An air-to-ground rocket and some projectiles have been found on the grounds of a Florida middle school. <laughs> the same area where some live bombs and ammunition have already been discovered. Excellent. On, en route to Iowa's uh, next year's celebration, no doubt. Uh, two projectiles and a rocket are part of a former Army uh, bombing range site. Earlier this year, the World War II uh, video, once classified, showed the uh, middle school as a top-secret Bomb testing ground. Of course. And apparently a few things were left behind. Where? Uh, oh, this, he hadn't even said it. That is cheating. In your, in your face. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, this bombing range was used extensively from 1943 to 1946. <laughs> the uh, the latest uh, ammunition bomb will be uh, detonated for the general public between 1 and 4 p.m. Thursday. <laughs> Bring the kids. What, what could possibly go wrong there? 
I mean, it doesn't, lest anybody think that we're just mocking for its own sake, it does seem like any time you have an event, or the centerpiece of which is huge crowds gathered relatively closely to exploding things. Uh-huh. Things whose whole purpose is to explode and create big balls of fire. I just love the idea, too, that in my mind's eye, uh, this Iowa mishap is exactly like a mishap that happened in Kennewick one year when I was about six or seven years of age. And we were at a place called, the hell was some stadium? I don't know, Ass Stadium in Kennewick. And, uh, you know, and I remember it being huge, but it probably wasn't that big. But it was a stadium with a few thousand people in it, I think. And they had these... I mean, it just it, looking back, it's just so phenomenally misguided. Like, what were they, what were they thinking? That the fireworks were just in these huge cardboard tubes, um, like like paper towel tubes, uh, and, but they were about oh, I don't know, nine inches across. So they were like these huge paper towel dowels, basically, that were in the middle of the stadium and shot in theory straight up, right? But of course, what happened? A good wind came along, and they just tipped over, and they were aimed and started shooting directly into the crowd, which is just fantastic. <laughs> Especially because you, because you sort of, you had a great little pause between one volley of fire and then the next, during which it fell. And so you're sort of sitting there in the crowd, you know, boom, straight up, boom, straight up, boom, straight up, falls over. Right into the crowd. <laughs> I don't know, even thinking about it now, it's hilarious. Oh, America. Here's Tim Riley. You know, you speak about Eddie Murphy yes. earlier. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he says in less than three years, he's going to retire. I'm planning to make movies until I am 50. He's 47 now. That's two years, eight months. Then I'm going back to the stage. Oh, great. It's difficult to comprehend. It'll be easier to avoid him there. He's been making movies since he's been 20 years old. And the nearly 30 years since he's made nearly 40 films. Is that true? That's what it says. 40? Okay, I'm going to look at his uh, filmography right now. It says he's made 40 films. We're going to go through every single Eddie Murphy movie right now. Hold on a second. Uh, But first, I'm going to stop to take a uh, swig of this Viso. made over 40 movies? Yes. So let's look at his filmography right now. All right, here we go. Eddie Murphy films. Let's go through and give these a quick thumbs up, thumbs down, or WTF. 48 hours. That's a solid thumbs up. Yeah. Let's see exactly when it all started to go wrong. You got to count all 40? Uh, 48 hours. Trading Places. That's a good thumbs one. Up. Thumbs up. Best Defense. Bad. Best Defense is a terrible movie. Have you seen Best Defense? I don't think so. Best Defense, if I remember correctly, is a movie... Chevy Chase or somebody in that? But it's a movie that was awful, and so they literally gave Eddie Murphy like a million dollars to just film a bunch of scenes that had nothing to do with the rest of the movie, and then they just stuck them in randomly. So it's like you're watching uh, you're watching one movie sort of unfold. It's a movie... Oh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Chevy Chase. It was Dudley Moore. I don't know how I confuse the two of them, but it's like you're watching this movie with Dudley Moore, which is awful, and then 
almost just randomly, it would just cut away to scenes of Eddie Murphy doing things that had nothing to do with the rest of the film. And it's because they knew it was terrible, and they just cut him a large enough check that he just sweetened it, you know, by just doing these. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I'd say that's a good. I'd say that still holds up. Yeah. Golden Child. I like that movie. The Golden Child, uh-huh. really? Yeah. Okay, fair well, enough. I liked it when I was younger. I haven't seen it in years. So okay. I don't know if held up. Beverly Hills Cop 2, no. Coming to America, yes. Mm-hmm. Coming to America, still good. Uh, Harlem Nights, no. Another 48 Hours, no. Boomerang, no. Distinguished Gentleman, no. Beverly Hills Cop 3, no. Vampire in Brooklyn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Was featuring Charlie Murphy, by the way. I know. Uh, Nutty Professor. Yes, I give Nutty Professor big thumbs up. Metro. No. Uh, let's see. Doctor Doolittle. I would say the voice work doesn't count, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Doolittle. No. Holy man, I don't even know what that was. What was Holy Man? Oh God, he was. I I don't even know. Life. That was that movie he did with Martin Lawrence, which I never saw. But it was like two convicts or whatever. They were like. I saw that. That's a no. Was it? <laughs> no. Bowfinger. Yes. Nutty Professor 2, no. Dr. Little 2, no. So it was in 1999. Uh, let's see, what? So he started losing it in 1999. Well, I think he started, I mean, he was sporadically losing it before. Like back, I would say he did three in a row, four in a, five in a row that were bad. He did Another 48 Hours, Boomerang, Distinguished Gentleman, Beverly Hills Cup 3, Vampire in Brooklyn, and Nutty Professor. That's like five bad films in a row. Uh, let's see. Showtime, which I never saw. Adventures of Pluto Nash, which I never saw, but which is actually so unbelievably bad that it's almost worth watching, I'm told. I'm told that it's, it is it is so blindingly terrible that it becomes entertaining. Uh, I Spy, no. Daddy Daycare, no. Uh, Haunted Mansion, no. Shrek 2. Eh. Dream Girls, I hear he's good in Dream Girls, but I never saw it. Norbit, and uh, let's see, upcoming Meet Dave, which is the one they're pimping right now. I mean, that's he's he's batting like 30%, I would say. That's just not good. Mm-mm. So, all right, well, there you go. Here's uh, Tim Riley. His dreams are still unfulfilled. When he began his career some 30 years ago, he had a list of people he wanted to work with. Now that list is 25 years old, and he never got to work with one of them. What does he want to work with? I'd love to be on a Steven Spielberg set. Martin Scorsese, too. Now, when I'm 50, I'll be making movies for 30 years. That's what he thought, anyway. So apparently he hasn't met anybody of any importance and nobody's helping him anymore. No. Uh, the CMS says, Rick, though I cannot say too much about where I work or what I do, I can tell you that I am a long time, and I can tell by from his email address, this is true. He said, I cannot tell you much about where I work or what I do, but I can tell you that I'm a long time loyal listener currently spending my summer in Texas. I am working for a U.S. Department of Defense subcontractor in a building wherein I must pass through security checkpoints. I'm sorry, wherein I must pass through three security checkpoints before reaching my desk. Yet apparently no such checks bar me from listening to your show, thank God. Thanks to you, Sarah and Tim, for the daily entertainment that makes my usually mind-crushing day more tolerable. FYI, just so you know, you have fans who are, in fact, rocket scientists. How about that? Awesome. From that guy who will be uh, anonymous. Excellent. Let's hear it for us. On KCMD Portland, <laughs> here's Tim Riley. Dick Cheney was at Jesse Helms' funeral, to the surprise of no one. Yes, he died on the 4th of July, the five-term Republican. Helms' family followed a steady stream of mourners arriving at the service at the Barton Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, where Helms worshipped for decades and served as a deacon. Helms was 86. He died after years of declining health. The vice president just wanted to pay his respects, says his spokeswoman. 
Elizabeth Dole apparently was. Oh, Cindy McCain also there. And uh, so it was like a, just a coalescence of all evil in one place. We need more men like Jesse Helms. <laughs> he was a Southern gentleman. He'll be remembered for integrity and truth. <laughs> yes, we need more. Who are people. you quoting right now? Uh, Raleigh resident Wallace Holloway, who, <laughs> who waited outside the church for an hour before the doors were open. I can already picture what Wallace. What what is it, Wally? Wallace Holloway. I can already picture what Raleigh resident Wallace Holloway. Boy, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. What Raleigh resident Wallace Holloway looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just looks like a shorter, fatter version of Jesse Helms. I can already picture that. So yes, we need more. We need more men like Jesse Helms. So that's what uh, Dick Cheney's up to today. Should anybody ask? Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about. Uh, hang on a minute here. What did I do with that? Oh, well, what I was going to do is gone. So let's talk about softball-sized rats. Eating their way through homes. This is in Florida. How can a rat be the size of... Oh, I didn't know this. Oh. How can a rat be the size of a softball? That's what it says here. A softball well, is a sphere. Uh-huh. Do you mean like around at the fattest point? I haven't seen the rats personally. Seriously, Rick, do you think that... Yeah, they're Tim's own softball rats. How but do I mean, you know? <laughs> but I mean, that's just a Tim, weird... describe these softball rats to me. That's like if I said... That's like if I said, no, 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 this I is a Twinkie it. the size of a softball. Can't you picture a big round rat? Well, they're eating their way through homes and screens. It's uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. That's how my life has changed, says Bob. Uh, he's one of the residents there. An invasion of rats apparently has been coming from a nearby abandoned home in Castleberry. The home has an overgrown backyard. Uh, this comes from some local six who investigated. The rats are huge. Uh, they're round like that. And chose a softball. Uh, then they're in my house eating through screens and biting through walls, said Bill. We've never had a rat problem that we've been, well, we've been here for six years now. I'm sure if we could mow in the grass, somebody would be on our butts to make it clean. Uh, Bob and his neighborhood, uh, neighbor Fulton are now, uh, setting out poison pellets and traps, calling it an emergency situation. Also, the city said Monday night, one of the contractors will mow the lawn of the abandoned house next week. Check back with Local 6 News and find out. How the softball-sized rats are eating their way through home. Well, okay. You better be careful feeding Frisbee, Rick, or else he's going to become a softball-sized rat. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm i very careful about it. I, uh, I, I keep his, it's like a portion control sort of a thing. Then we'll talk about the estranged wife of New York Yankees slugger Alex Rodriguez, Boy, apparently. you can already tell she's just going to be providing us entertainment for weeks and weeks and weeks to come. God bless her. Yep. Anyway, she went on a spending spree in Gay Paris. The New York Daily News cites a friend of A-Rod. That spurned spouse, Cynthia, used his credit card to punish him for his little thing with Madonna, allegedly. A friend said that the woman spent $100,000 on the credit card, and then she flew the uh, godparents and her daughters and the older daughter to the City of Lights. There she indulged in luxurious spa treatments, ate at the finest restaurants. Cynthia has accused A-Rod in divorce papers as affairs and calling for the six-year marriage to be irreplaceably broken. So apparently, that's that part. Now, I don't know how to sift through all these stories about this and what's true and what's false. Uh, just shy of his 33rd birthday, Alex Rodriguez, a father of two, his signature gracing an historic document worth $300 million. The youngest man to reach 500 home runs, he's also the most formidable talent of his generation. But the diminishing truth is that his marriage is over. Yes, there are plenty of rumors floating around with Madonna and Kabbalah, and nobody knows what to believe at this point. So I guess all the magazines are having a war about this right now. So speaking of divorces, did you see this thing about the Christy Brinkley divorce? No. 
this article about, let's see, this is from the New York Daily News. Uh, so I guess Peter Cook, is that the guy she's divorcing? Says, um, this is, I'm just reading here for the Daily News. Said, Chrissy Brinkley has such bad taste in men, she should get her head examined. That's what a court, sort of court-appointed shrink seemed to say when he recommended that the supermodel, who's been four times... Wow. Four times. I don't even I don't even know who the other husbands are. There's this guy and there's Billy Joel. That's all I know. Four times? Go into therapy. Uh, let's see. Uh, psychiatrist said, Christy Brinkley needs to start working on therapy issues relating to her parenting. Maybe her choice of... Boy, and how many people do we know about whom this can be said? Maybe her choice of male figures with whom she becomes involved belies certain motivations that she herself has that get her into trouble. Uh, Christy Brinkley, 54, is in a divorce battle with fourth hubby Peter Cook. Uh, she is also married and divorced Jean-Francois Allow, Billy Joel, and uh, Ricky Taubman. Um, even though uh, Herman portrayed Brinkley as a woman obsessed with her husband's betrayal, Herman was kinder to her than he was to Cook, described as a narcissist with sexual issues. Uh, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Now, apparently a New York psychologist says that Christy Brinkley should get custody of her two youngest children, but she and her narcissist husband both need therapy. Dr. Stephen Herman, questioned by the children's attorney, says she needs an outlet for her anger and feelings of betrayal by her unfaithful husband. But being married four times... By the way, it just... looks pretty good after all that. I suppose, but I mean, it seems, at 54 years of age, it seems like that's... Uh, you're probably not going to be fixing a whole lot of issues at that at that point. I mean, really, if you're 54... But I mean, of who you are at that point. If you're 54, and if you're 54 and independently, look, it's not like she's hooking up with. I mean, I'm not saying I don't know anything about the guy. All I know is that apparently he's a, a scoundrel. But I mean, if you're 54 and independently wealthy, and you're still picking uh, like Mr. Wrong every single time, uh, those are some issues that probably aren't going to be fixed at that point. That just uh, that seems like an issue that's there to stay. By the way, speaking of shrinks, uh, we got this email that says Rick. I have a therapy question for you. When you speak to a therapist for the first time, do you plan out what you're going to say ahead of time and then rehearse it? I ask because I have my first therapy appointment tomorrow. And while cooking a can of soup, I caught myself thinking out loud what I was going to say. It's as if I was writing a therapy scene for a movie in my head. Just curious if this is something that's common or just another sign of why I need therapy. Oh, like an opening monologue? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I'm wondering, uh... It seems like I need a Henny Youngman joke right there. Uh, no, I got nothing. Uh, so that's from some guy who says he wonders if he's if it's weird that he's planning out his opening monologue. Well, maybe. I mean, I sometimes think about it, but then, like, your shrink always catches you off guard with... It, the thing, you always plan what you're going to say to the shrink the first time. You, like, you got it bullet pointed out of your head, like the three issues. And then the shrink says, so, um... So uh, what what brings you here today? And then your mind just turns into a complete blank, and you start stammering like an idiot. At least it is for me. Like, I always think that I've, you know, kind of got it planned out, like how I'm going to sort of approach the first session with, like, especially a new shrink. But then they just ask some vague, sort of soft, open-ended question. Like, so uh, this is this is a favorite shrink opening line. This is what a lot of shrinks say. You'll sit there in the office and... You kind of walk in, and, it's, and even though Can you ask for your credit card when you go in, no, uh, no, actually, uh, most of the time, because shrinks have a whole thing about money, uh, where like uh, most shrinks, I think it's they, they must pretend it's free. <laughs> they do. They they pretend it's free until. And here's the other thing: shrinks do. Shrinks will always they put the clock up behind you a lot of times, so you can't tell how close you are to the session being over. Faster. You can't you can tell see what them time look it up is. And looking at the clock. Yeah, and they'll see them glance over, and I only have to listen to this guy's insanity for five more minutes. Then I can go golf. 
Uh, but I think it must be a thing that they sh- they teach shrinks at like shrink college or whatever, uh, where you're not like you don't hand them money directly. It's just like with whores. You have to just you leave it on the on the bedside table. Uh, like my shrink, it, and it's and you must and you realize how much money those guys must rake in because my current shrink. You look at his uh, his table or his you, you know whatever like his his whatever his stand or whatever next to his chair stacks of bills there Ex- yeah i go in at the end of the Dollar day bills? no well no it's like checks but oh. i go in at the end of the day i'm usually the last appointment of the day with this guy and i will go in and you know well, he's like okay and they always say the same thing at the end of the session too all right we have to stop now and uh all right well let's what what day next week next week works for you and then he's like what you figure it out but then i write in the check and i tear it out and i put on the night and it's i put it face down of course and there's always this massive stack of checks that's there. I mean, hundreds. So, I mean, the guy just, I mean, he's just just sitting in a room, just making like $80 a pop or whatever on just scores of crazy people all day long. I mean, it's enough to make me want to be a shrink. Um, anyway, but you go into a shrink and they always, uh, they always say the same thing at the beginning of the session. You walk in and you're sort of nervous, even though you really don't need to be nervous, because like, what do you, you know. It's not like you're going to see the principal or something. And you sit down in the chair, and the shrink looks at you, and they go, so, uh, and they call you by your full name. So, Richard, uh, what's going on? And it's like, and then you're just immediately on the defensive. because oh, it's such a the what's going on. Because it's such it's a, so open-ended. Totally. It's such a broad, you know, I, I don't know. There's so many things going on. They just said the meter's running. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, you know, and then that's where you're just, just trying to boil everything down to as neat a package as possible because you realize, yeah, that you're paying like $3 a minute or something for it. So I realize that's not an answer at all to your question, sir. So I have no idea. Here's Tim Riley. I, I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's longtime model girlfriend, Camilla Elves, has given birth to the couple's birth child. It is a seven-pound, four-ounce boy. Elves gave birth uh, last night in California. Elves? Well, Elves, A L V E L V E S or something. El- okay, all right. Like Elvis. Okay. Well, she's 24. He's 38. He posted that uh, she was pregnant on his website in January. Camilla and I were side by side the entire time. We're both very tired and elated, and we're so happy to create the greatest miracle in the world: having a child and making a family. Now comes the greatest adventure of all: raising one. Together. I don't even know who we're talking about. Who is this? Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. I just, I was, we were talking about some baby story. Well, because it's so hard to tell baby stories apart because they're all of the same, it's all of the same phrases, right? Yeah. You know, bundle of joy, blah, 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 gift from heaven, blah, blah, blah. The first time you look into your child's eyes, blah, 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 blah. You see the future. Seriously, a baby is a freaking baby. Uh, let's see. This says, Rick, oh, by the way, this goes to your point about, the, about AMC not being American movie classics. Rick. I was just flipping through the channels, and I put on American Movie Classics. Uh, guess what was playing? Delta Farce with Larry the Cable Guy. So there you go. Oh, no. So the next time you wonder about Ew. whether or not American Movie Classics is actually a classic, the answer to that is no. No. Uh, let's see. This is about clown rape. Rick, about that vulgar movie. It's really creepy and disturbing. It's written and directed by Brian Johnson, a close friend of Kevin Smith's. I own the movie, but never would have purchased it for myself. I got it as a gift from a friend who knows I'm obsessed with Kevin Smith. 
This is the movie Sarah was talking about. There's a 20-minute clown raping sequence in the middle of the film. <laughs> it is terrible, yeah, because it's this clown who's not making any money, but but he loves all of his clown things. He's like, I know, I'll I'll be a clown for adults, and then you know pretend to be a female clown, which sounds like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then he'll like replace, it, and all of a sudden he'll be like, just kidding, I'm not a female clown, and he'll bring like a hooker for them. And instead, there was just a lot of like head crushing in and raping. Is there a 20-minute clown raping sequence yeah. in the? <laughs> How long does it take to rape a clown? What are you doing that it takes 20 minutes? There are a lot of guys in the room. Well, it takes a while to get the shoes off. <laughs> okay. And the most... The Somebody say something. <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of... Like, it's not only disturbing, but it's really sad. Like when you're watching, as opposed to all the happy rape scenes that you've seen in your life. <laughs> well, not even just the rape. It's just the like, feel-good raping of the year. You know, I'm just gonna stop talking. No, 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 finish. no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's just because you can see his like childlike innocence. He's like, I love being a clown, and then see that innocence raped right out of him. What? I'm just asking. Well, now I have to see it. Is maybe the rape scene just isolated somewhere so I can just watch that part? That's really the only sequence I care about. I'll find it for you on YouTube. Is he still in the clown makeup when it happens? You know, I don't really recall. Is it? But I know that well, he showed up at the play, at the bachelor party dressed as a clown. But as a woman clown? I don't understand. He shows up at the bachelor party dressed as a woman dressed as a clown? <laughs> I think he's dressed as a woman clown. Is it convincing? You know, I Rick, I saw it so long ago, I don't remember. If okay, because I don't well, I mean, there's just that jolly the clown that I thought you waved at me on the highway that one night. That's usually not a vocation for a woman. S- scared that it's not woman's work. It's, it's, it's a good old boys club. <laughs> it is, Tim. It's it's like the they're just like the Masons actually. Um it's like the only female clown that I know, I mean locally, is I think her name is We have is, a listener who's a female clown. Do we? Yeah. Yeah, she's super cute too. Who was that? Um Really? Yeah, you've met her at listener parties before. And did I meet her when she was dressed as a clown? I think so. It's all so confusing. Does Richie know her? I don't know, but I uh but I was driving back from Beaverton one night a long time ago and there was that there's that a Jolly the Clown, I think is her name. She's a female clown here oh, in Portland. I see her in a small car. Exactly. And what she uh, was next to me on the highway one night and I didn't know she and it was dark, late at night, driving along, on my way back from Beaverton for some reason, and she pulls up next to me. And you know, when somebody's next to you in the highway, you catch it in your peripheral vision. You just look over to see who it is. And so there I am at I don't know 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. I'm driving driving along 26 on my way back from Beaverton, and I'm like, hey, there's somebody next to me. I'll look over, and I look over, and it's a clown in the car next to me. And I swear to God, it's like in slow motion. She turns and she kind of cocks her head, and then she just does the big open-handed clown wave at me. And then I just, I, I, I think I lost control of my bowels at that point, and then I pulled off to the side of the road and wept. All right, oh, so, very unnerving. All right, so vulgar. All right, so one day he comes vulgar. up with an idea to become a bachelor clown. He figures he can dress up like a woman, enter the party, and everyone will have a good laugh. But on his first attempt, he's attacked by a twisted man and his deranged sons who drug him, beat him, and force him to engage in sexual activities with them as they record the innocent. <laughs> And so and as time goes by, so anyway, he ends up rescuing some kid, and he gets, like, a lot of media attention, makes a lot of money, but then the person who raped him blackmails him because um, he has the tape. It okay. is just all around bad. Don't that watch That is an it. American movie. Queen. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not going to watch that. I think I've gotten the high points of it. Mm-hmm. I, think I've, I think I've sussed out the gist of the film. 
This guy said, hey, my shrink makes $25,000 a month. Wow. Whoa. No, seriously. I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm at the end of the day when I go in. But because the, I guess the deal is they say psychologically, I think it's bad for you to hand money to the shrink or something. They, they, they don't want to sully their fingers with it. So I just write the check and I'll just put it face down on his night, his his bed. His I keep wanting to say bedside table, but it's a little table next to his chair. And it, there is just a huge stack of checks at the like end of every day. Dystrophy telethon. Exactly like that, Tim, but with more craziness. So, all right. It's 503-733-297. This isn't a picture of the clown. No, no, no. This is the uh, listener. Now, is that, that the looks, lady in the car? That looks like a little girl. No, she's yeah, she's super cute. That's a is that a grown? Yeah, that's her. That's a grown woman. That's a grown woman. Okay, because otherwise it would just otherwise that would just be weird. <laughs> like it's not weird now. It's a little weird. Hey, let me ask you this, just as a, just as a question, Sarah. So let's say that there was a guy you were really really attracted to, like in just his everyday life, you found him really uh, desirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then. He had to fly out of Portland an hour from now on a plane, never to return again. I'm so, I'm so, so I'm working so hard life. to construct this scenario. I'm working so hard to construct a scenario to see if there was a hot guy, but due to circumstance, the only way that he could have relations with you is while he was dressed as a clown. Would you do it? Probably not. <laughs> I really had to just jump through I don't even so many hoops. What you're trying to say. <laughs> I was trying to come up with some plausible scenario in which case. Where I meet some guy and I have to decide if I want to hump him in an hour, <laughs> but only. Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> like if he had to. Like if it's a guy you already knew. You know, you knew him already. In other words, you've known him for six months or whatever. You've already known him. You've already, you know, he's familiar with it. We'll get the gym roof in like five seconds here. You already know the guy. But she's unsure of the nose size. You already, you're already attracted to him, whatever, in normal life. But it turns out that in an hour he has to get on a plane and fly to a clown convention, never to return. So you could, you know, you could be with him in that That's sense. That's the dumbest question ever. <laughs> but he would be dressed as a clown. No. Ah, see, there you go. All right, I... see, was that so hard? The answer is yes. Way harder than it needed to be. But the answer was no the first two times. I suppose, but she didn't understand the context in which I was asking it. I it thought if I saying, like I can't control my loins for an hour. <laughs> no, but he's never coming back. I, I must have a clown now. <laughs> <laughs> really, guys can while away hours asking each other weird we can questions like this. <laughs> Make mine a clown. <laughs> we have to. We, we have to going, live for the day. <laughs> he's going to a clown convention. Never to never return. Never coming back. <laughs> and so this is your last chance at love, but damn it, he's already in the clown suit. But why would I want to sleep with him if he's going to a clown convention forever? He's a guy that you're already, uh, but this is your last chance. You'll never see each other again, and you've pined for him. Okay, well, the answer's still the same. What if it was Joshua Jackson in a clown suit? Ooh, Joshua Jackson. That's what I'm saying. See, a guy like that that you are into, but unfortunately, due to circumstance in his schedule that day, it has to be while he's in a clown suit. Could you get past the fact that he was in a clown suit if you knew him prior to that and you knew he was attractive? How would you know he's not this wasn't interesting. This how how would you know he's, he's not lying, though? Dressed in a clown suit, he could say he's anyone. Yeah, it's like singles. In the, oh, yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, A, there's that. What, so you suspect if it's not really like, Joshua I'm, Jackson? I'll never come back. It's it's not really Joshua Jackson. It's really it's Screech. Jim Roop had to listen to that. Oh, let's welcome that to the show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent. James Roop, hello. Well, I'm quite amused by the whole thing. <laughs> See, I knew that if I just phrased it correctly, Sarah would get the question that I was asking. I got it right away. See, guys guys can while away uh, hours and hours asking each other weird sort of what-if or would-you questions, usually relating to sex in some way. 
Um, is there any other issue? The uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of one that I can tell on the air. Uh, okay, here's here's one. Okay, here's I'll be I have to be very circumspect about this. Here's a question that oh in fact here's this will work but hey uh, Richie could you come in the studio for a second? All right, Richie Bristol's coming down the uh, hall. We're gonna we'll do this live on the air, Jim, and you'll see exactly. Hey, Richie Bristol, how are you doing today? Good. All right, Richie. So I'm gonna ask you a question, and the name the name of this game is called Would You? Right? Yes, okay. I would. But, okay, but you have to hear the question first. Oh no. So let's say Richie Bristol. Uh oh. You were to walk into a room. In this room are 15 beautiful women, whatever that means to you. The 15, you know, 15 hot girls, right? I know where this is going. 15 girls that you oh, find really attractive. No. So in this room, 15 girls and, and your mom. <laughs> the lights go out, and you are then you are then favored by someone in that room. The lights go out, pitch black, can't see anything. You are you then receive um, a service from one of the women, and then. Uh, uh, you know, and then, but then you never find out who it was. You never find out who it was. You never found out the identity of the person. You just know it's 15 girls in the room and your mom. Lights go out. It's one person at random. So the question then, Richie Bristol, is would you? No. Really? Mm-mm. Okay, what if it was 25 girls and your mom? That's a better ratio. <laughs> uh... 25 hot girls and your mom, and you never know. You never find out. No, I love my mom. I can. What about 100 girls? Well, that's a big room. I'm just saying, it's a, if it's, it's a magical room. A hundred girls and your mom. It's a hundred. Well, I guess I mom. could have them barricade her in the corner. And no, 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 no. You have no choice. The lights go out, and it's luck of the draw. Is she on the other side of the room? You never know. It's just you never know. It's the odds are the odds are just based solely on the number of well, women. Well, with a hundred women in the room, I wouldn't be able to see her. So you never and you'd never find out who it was that had given you that. Um, a hundred women in the room. Really? So you as would, long as she was like way over no, there. It doesn't. See, it's a magical She's room where they're all right equidistant. Now. She's listening. Okay, right. but you, you that would be enough for you. Hundred women in your mom. Uh-huh. Oh God, if his mom's listening right now, don't don't make him answer that. <laughs> he already answered it. hundred women. That's the hundred women. Friend. Excellent. Thank you, Richie. Uh-huh. Hi, Jim. Hi. So there you go. That's what we while away our days with here. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Oh, uh, good God. Hey, uh, so we seem to be surrounded by vegans here at CBS Radio Portland. And um, there oh, does sorry, seem to man. There, there's a vegan at some uh, at, at any given point, there's a vegan within about 10 feet of us here. And so it's stories like this is that, that make... Is that thing with Portland, or is that just that station? A lot of vegans here in Portland. Uh, really? Portland's very liberal. It's a very blue city. Not a blue state, but a blue city, to be sure. Oh. Uh, and so it's stories like this that make vegans uh, even more self-righteous than they typically are. This is a story about it making it a crime to sell meat from quote downed animals here's the thing i don't know what a downed animal is but it sounds like something i don't want to eat well if you remember the video from the slaughterhouse here in southern california in chino a few years ago a downed animal is one that cannot stand on its own for various reasons either injury or sickness disease whatever but cows that can't stand for instance we'll talk about beef cows that can't stand on their own their meat is uh, potentially more susceptible to things like salmonella and the E. coli and, and mad cow disease than meat from cows that can stand up. And Don't so, ask me why there's a difference. And so, But this is like that horrible video where it's like the cow, the cow being sort of like moved along with a forklift with or whatever. forklift and all that, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a bad day at the end of a bad life uh, for that cow. So it, doesn't, it seems like this ought to go without saying, by the way, that if it's just like some animal who's just laying there on the back of a loading dock and can't move, you probably don't want to eat it. 
Well, right, yeah, because you don't know what's wrong with it, number one. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that should be the big red flag right there. Might be something wrong with this cow. Let's not eat the meat. Yeah, I mean, if you the know? cow really doesn't even have the strength to stand, that indicates that perhaps it's not in the best of health and maybe to be avoided. But call me right. crazy. But, you know, yeah. i got to tell you something. And as, as much as people hate seeing the video of any slaughterhouse, you got to get the meat from under the skin to your plate somehow. Yeah. Well, and there's really only one way to do it. Well, and, and people, you know, people don't like to, you know, to hear about that or to see it or whatever. But I mean, well, I'll be happy to remind you that's how it gets there. I mean, but that's, you know, it's one one, you know, hour spent watching the Discovery Channel on a Sunday morning does let you know, by the way, that we as a species are certainly not alone in the destruction of other animals. So, you know, it really is all the, the all they need to sell it to the Americans is just Marlon Perkins there narrating what goes on in the in the rendering plant or the slaughteringhouse or whatever, right? Get that guy and his his sidekick Jim. Uh, well, remember Jim? He was always like wrestling anacondas out of a tree and stuff. I, I like that guy. I remember that Jim always had to go out and do the dangerous thing while Marlon Perkins sat back in like the radio van or something. Like hurt he Jim getting eaten in the head, my. <laughs> you know, he's, he was just sitting there thinking, "Oh, that's that must hurt." I mean, it's like you. I mean, Jim was sort of like the rodeo clown of that show. <laughs> where it's like Marlon Perkins would just be sitting there behind you, got the feeling like impenetrable glass. You know, like in a flak jacket or something, and and he would just be pointing it like, "There's a lake full of piranha, Jim. Go in there go and get us one." Seriously, and then Jim would just. And I mean, here's the thing: that even as a kid, I wondered this about Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I used to wonder about the. It wasn't Mutual of Omaha. Was that an insurance it's an company? Insurance company, yeah. Could those guys possibly have been insured? I mean, who's insuring <laughs> who's, who's Jim on National uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? Uh, I'm sure he signed a waiver. That seems like the very definition of a high-risk profession. <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder, when I watch that Survivor Man show, which I think is also in Discovery, I think about that, too. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to float across the Pacific Ocean in a, in a, in a wooden raft with no water. You know, it, 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 you, you got to wonder exactly what sort of liability that guy, uh, what sort of liability coverage that guy's going to get. So, you know, I got to tell you something. I, I think most, for the most part, those uh, like Bear Grylls and all those guys, you know, they they have TV crews with them. They have all kinds of things with them that uh, I, I think they have really taken care of the safety factor. It may look as if this guy is out there on his own eating bugs and stuff. But while he's eating a bug, the camera guy's sucking on a burrito. I see. You know, so we don't, you can't possibly tell me that, well, it's all cool and everything, and I love it, and my sons like it, and, you know, and it's really neat to watch. You know, it's not like the guy's really out there surviving him and a camera like that guy who got eaten by the bear. I suppose uh, the grizzly man guy. Yeah, remember that guy? I suppose that, that guy was a nut. I suppose that's true. As the late, great Sam Kinison once said, you know, you would watch, the, especially in the 80s, you would see these um, these TV ads where they would, you know, the show the starving children in Africa or whatever. And, and as, as Sam always pointed out, you know, well, why don't you, f you're only five feet away. Why yeah. don't you feed him? I like that line. Certainly, the camera of the crew can give the kid a sandwich. I, I was going to say, the camera guy's three feet away from the kid, <laughs> holding a sandwich just out of view. Here's some green M&Ms that we had separated from the package. Reach for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right. You know, but i got to tell you, you know, this is a great piece of legislation, because up until this point, there were, I mean, this slaughterhouse in California, which was responsible for the largest meat recall in, in U.S. history, has still not been penalized at all. And this, at least, would assess monetary penalties because there, there is no economic disincentive, if you will, for any company that continues this kind of practice. That is true, my friend. All right. Uh, are you on, uh, what is today, Tuesday? Are you on tomorrow? I am on every day, sir. God bless you. You're doing the Lord's work, Jim. Thank you. All right. We will talk to you soon, brother. All Thank right. you. All right. There you go. That's uh, 
Jim Roop in Los Angeles. How's everybody today? Just couldn't be better. Fantastic. Uh, Rick, I used to work building running tracks, which is incredibly monotonous. We used to pass the time by playing the game you refer to as Woodja. Some of our favorite Woodja questions were, uh, this is a game that my friends and I called Either Or, but I, I know where you're coming from. Would you rather be dragged along a human-sized cheese grater and then dipped in lemon juice, or have your toes smashed with a ball-peen hammer? Ah. Sarah? I don't... I don't want to answer. I'm saying like if you had to do one. I guess the cheese grater. I'm saying for me the cheese grater as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about this? Um, these are all just really hideous. This is really gross. It makes me feel dirty <laughs> just answering them. Would you, would you let Bill Gates forcibly have his way with you if he gave you a thousand uh, shares of Microsoft stock for every hour? How much is the stock worth? I don't really know. I think that depends on the day. You need the little, like, Java ticker going in the corner of your screen. No, 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 stop. No, wait, it's going to split. That the stuff, the shares. <laughs> we are so breaking. I love this show. Okay. Uh, coming up later on, we'll do the top five songs with fewer than 35 words, and Richie dresses up like a lady. Hello, Richie's mother. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson program. Stay there. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. So here in a few minutes, we'll welcome Richie Bristol into the studio. God help us all. Uh, next hour, I believe our good friends from Taboo Adult Video will be stopping by. I think they brought some initial garments for Richie to change into. Uh, and then he's going to be, I guess, later this week doing a full, like a sort of a night out shopping trip makeover fashion thing. I guess he's going to get like a weave and makeup. And Is he really going to I don't think he's, I don't know if he's going to get the I think he's like a wig or something. I think they're going to do his hair and his makeup. And they're going to pick out some, some outfit for him to wear. Oh, it's encouraging the children. Yes, it is. Uh, Everyone gets to feel better about themselves. Richie has two personalities. Uh, and then uh, we'll do the top five later on the day as well. Top five songs with fewer than 35 words. This, however, is Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. We should submit this whole Richie Bristol segment for like a Crystal Award or something because we the public service. You know what? I think their convention, the Oregon Broadcast Association, yeah. is having their convention in a couple of months here. I think so because they sent us the form asking if we wanted to submit anything for an award. Yeah. But then, like, they charge you to do it. I know. And so I just... I just put that right in the shredder. Went right into the shredder. It, you so. know, they, they rent out a room at some hotel on the east side and give you a bowl of crumbled up potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of old guys sitting around. Just... I've always wanted to work in Bend. <laughs> Man, I speak with. <laughs> I have a barrel full of tapes here. Don't I know you from uh, that MOR station in Akron? Anything open in Pendleton? <laughs> it's always been my dream. <laughs> and then, but you know, those guys that you meet at a radio convention, just sad... I mean, I mean, really, I'll be there. 1970s leisure suits. I'll be there someday, too, I'm sure. But just a bunch of sad, unemployed radio guys who are all seemingly selling Amway on the side, too. Every old, broken-down radio guy that you run into at a convention, God love them, they're all working in multi-level marketing on the oh, side. Oh, it's not called Amway anymore. What is it called? Quintex? the hell is that? Something like a drug. That's yeah. like a tampon. Well, I was just gonna, if you have recurrent outbreaks of rashes on your junk. They changed the name of it. 
and moved everything to being online, and they charge you a yearly fee. Quintex? Something like that. That sounds like a stock in some fictitious medical company. Yeah, they, they, they changed the name of it to make it sound more... Mo- but it's the same thing. What about Herbalife? Is Herbalife still Herbalife? I would imagine so. I had a friend of mine that's... Star. Quit, quit Star? That's Quit Star? Quick Star. Quick Star. A woman, a woman came to my home and sold me this drink that allowed me to touch my toes better than I ever imagined. And she tried to sell me this Quick Star energy drink. It allowed you to touch your toes better than you'd ever imagined. Yes. How do you quantify that? Well, what first, makes it better? First, she asked you to touch your toes, and then you drink some of this magic elixir, and then you can touch your toes <laughs> even easier. Like, and, and I thought afterwards, how many occasions during the day do I have to touch my toes better than ever before? It's like, really, it's like a weird benchmark by which to be measuring yeah. things. So anyway, that's one of the Quick Star products. All right. In the meantime... Uh, the, the smaller my two dogs, bitter red <laughs> good, for, good for your dog. Um, so this and is, there's a yearly fee that's fifty dollars, but you don't have to pay the whole fifty since it's later in the year they prorate you. Uh, and then when you get your credit card statement back, they charge you the whole fee, but forgot to tell the regional manager. I have to. I just have to tell you every single time I've ever gone to any gathering of of radio guys, it is just a matter of time. Until a guy sort of buttonholes you, you pulls you aside. You've a business of your own, exactly. haven't you? <laughs> exactly. I can't tell you about it here. <laughs> Come to this invitation-only meeting, and I'll give you details. That's exactly it. And it's always the same. And, he, and that I mean, you nailed really. And, and they don't say the word Amway at least uh, three-quarters of the way through it after you had the magic touch-your-toes drink. <laughs> the, the, uh, and the quintessential, like the, the defining trait of a guy who is about to swindle you into some multi-level marketing scheme is that they speak to you as though everything they're about to say is a secret. <laughs> that's, that's the, hey. I chose you. Exactly. Now, look, um, you know, I don't know about the, these other guys, but, uh, you know, I, I really am, uh, I really am looking to, uh, to make some serious money. And, uh, you I've can call me anytime. I, it's, it's, I'm gonna, there, a few of us are going to be getting together. And they never make it sound like a seminar. They make it sound like just some dudes who figured something out, right? I used to sell prepaid legal until <laughs> I found this. <laughs> I used to sell um, pills that are just full of weeds and chalk. Uh, but uh, right now I found this great thing. For a long time, it was long-distance services. There was there was a while in about 1995 when it seems like everybody I knew was trying to get me to, into some weird long-distance. There was. Do you remember a company? They advertised all over talk radio. Do you remember a company called Heart? Jesus, what are they called? Heartline, something like. That. But the deal was, it was a it was a long-distance company. But the shtick was that all of like like the, the, their money went into conservative causes, and they had a guy named um, you can take it from me because I'm what was his name something Dupree and the tagline of the company was you can take it from me because I'm like James Dupree or something like that, and, and it was some it, it was right at the height of conservative talk radio and the deal was that they were guaranteed it was guaranteed that like none of the company's money would ever be invested in like liberal companies or programs um i'm going to have to go look that up somebody out there remembers what i'm talking about but it was like but they were just they would just advertise constantly and uh but it was you go to these conventions these guys and you would and you go to these multi-level marketing product conventions and you would just meet the saddest people because you can tell that they had just gone from one sort of multi-level marketing lily pad to another exactly. for 30 years looking for that one and you'd meet people that would say things like 
Look, I have been uh, I've been in this game for a long time, and I have to tell you, this long distance company right here, this is the best thing I've seen in uh, in years. I uh, the potential for a strong downline is uh, is really really quite amazing here. I uh, I'm myself. I'm putting I'm, ju- I'm just saying for me. I'm putting in ten thousand of my own. I mean, right now. I mean, just sight unseen. I'm going to put in ten thousand. So and I'm going to see. Uh, you know, I've got my wife. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're going to go in together really just as much as we can. I, I, I'm telling all my friends to get into it right now. The, the, the scariest one is, is when you work from the company, and, and the president of the company is usually in Texas, some faraway place, is viewed as the god in the overall <laughs> before her. And then you know it's time to quit. When at your weekly meeting, they bring up the stuffed animal of the president. <laughs> The stuffed doll of the president and tried to sell it to you for fifty dollars and you must have this at your desk. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What's your crazy? What are you talking about? What company? <laughs> what company sells you a doll of the president? Should I tell you? <laughs> what company sells you a doll of, of the CEO for $50? Here, buy this Les Moonves doll for $50. <laughs> Would you like a doll of Sumner Redstone? <laughs> and you pull the string and it just wheezes. <laughs> That's when you know we time to quit. You have to put this doll of the company's president at your desk. You must worship her. <laughs> well, the thing was, the doll was the idea of this person selling them. And she said, who wouldn't want a doll of, of Mary? <laughs> That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. We are seeing every day. Do you, do you see? Do you see how lucky yes. we are to be in this room every day? Oh my God! <laughs> this happened to me. And this is all Intercom's fault. <laughs> Between the Intercom show and this oh show. Oh, my God. That I was with this company. And this co-worker invented a doll of the CEO of this real estate company. Who thought it would be a great idea if everyone bought one and put it on the corner of their desk because this, this CEO is beloved by everyone wow. in this company. Jesus, that is just creepy. I mean, that's terrifying because at some point, does the doll say, come to the compound, bring your children with you. The enemy is at hand. Wow. The doll says nothing. <sighs> but apparently, it looks like the CEO. Buy the doll, not even given the doll, buy the doll for $50 and, and, and put her, it at your desk while idea, you work. Her idea was to mass produce it for the company convention at the end of the year <laughs> when people would rush up and buy these dolls. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. She thought it was a great idea. Jesus. Oh, all right. Let's do a couple more here, and then uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol. Jesus. God almighty. Here's the CBS Interoffice Memorandum. It's entitled, News Vixen Brings Home a Surprise from Iraq. The CBS Foreign Affairs correspondent who put the bag in Baghdad has just discovered the Baghdad, uh, well, the dad was there, too. She is reporter Lisa Logan, who recently won an Edward R. Murrow Award. Now she tells the Washington Post she is expecting in January, and the father is a married federal contractor whom she started seeing in Iraq, apparently during a date night in Baghdad. Another thing, uh, the woman's married, too. She says she and the baby's daddy will be getting married eventually once their respective divorces are done. Okay. Do you want one of those dolls? I do, more than anything. I'm just trying to picture this, like, because as you said, I was just trying to picture, like, you know, like Dan Mason or somebody at CBS, buy this doll of me. 
You must have it on your desk at all times. You make a little Rick Emerson doll, you know. And that, you know right? that yeah, the, the doll would just have like a little camera to spy on you as you worked. You know that's true. I don't think anybody would buy a Rick Emerson doll. I think a Richie Bristol doll, though, to keep you warm at night. All right. So I guess this woman is eventually talks out of mass marketing these dolls. Jesus. I can't. The thing is, that's just that's so staggeringly like vain and stupid. It almost does. It almost doesn't seem real. That seems like a thing it, you would. It was like the Kabbalah of real estate. <laughs> I was that's I was just gonna say it was like the Scientology of real estate almost. Oh man. Well, well the thing about this woman's name was well first I wasn't told the, the gender of this person. The person's name was the leader of this group was named Mo. And I was a Mo Mo. Well Mo turns out to be a woman and all of a I am Mo. It's time for me to show you the new Mo doll and all of a sudden it's it's a woman. <laughs> Is this a cross-dressing CEO on this company? Is it turning out Mo was a woman all along? Oh, Jesus. You don't mess with a woman named Mo. Was she a, was she a stout woman? Well, I never get to meet her. I just saw <laughs> the only, doll of her. Based on the doll? <laughs> based on the doll's appearance. Based on the proportions of the doll, would you say that she was a stocky woman? I suppose so. Uh, I wonder if there's a website that'll let you make a doll of yourself. Oh, there has to be. I know there's a website you can make. Idea. You can make action figures of yourself. There's a there's a site that'll let you make yourself into an action figure, but it's pretty expensive. Uh, so now I'm you understand to that, make a voodoo doll. You understand that story fully now. I really do. I do absolutely. And this is what happens when we're not doing this program. <laughs> this is really this is why they have to keep us employed because left to our own devices, we just sit at home and feed rats in the front yard and join multi-level marketing groups that make us buy a doll of the CEO. <laughs> There were donuts. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um, well, we're going to do the top five uh, sort of early in the 2 o'clock hour. So do you need to go prepare news, Tim Riley? Oh, yes, I'm sure. All right. I mean, I'm not kicking you out. I'm just saying I, I want to make sure that you don't get caught unawares oh, no, uh, by the top five. All right. Well, let's uh, – Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio, please? Oh, now I just keep picturing a Sumner Redstone doll. <laughs> oh, creepy. We just – that that was my life between shows. <laughs> Richie's oh, wearing a bathrobe and God. nothing else. Oh, really? Why it's did you? Like, it's like Don Rickles. Oh, I can't get my socks. Garments. I forgot. Exactly. You look like a grape. He's already starting to. Oh, talk. Richie, we don't want to see. Legs. <laughs> did you just? Richie, please keep are your, your legs, legs shaved? They look like it. No, I'm just Asian. Well, that is my true. Chest is though. I pluck it. <sighs> Why do you have to? <laughs> he wipes his face. Uh, let's back up for a second. Um, you are in fact Asian. So now, wait a minute. So you just do you do not grow leg hair, or is it just very light? Uh, not very many, much hair. Anyway. Chest hair, but you grow chest hair. Just little teeny, just enough to be a bother. Yeah, I and pluck them. You you pluck it, or you? It seems like you could just oh, wax it. That would be easier. Like like oh, they're so sparse that I mean, I you don't want to wax the whole chest if you. It's like buying the cow. No, you only need to. It's kind of like fishing. It's I enjoy it. It's like, it's oh, like, like a fishing. long one. <laughs> oh, look, a long one. Pluck. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about facial hair? Do you grow facial hair? No, I shave once. So your hair is just, so generally speaking, your body hair is very light. Yeah. All right, very, okay. Uh, you're wearing a purple bathrobe and slippers. Or, no, sorry, socks. socks for, okay, thank These God. Are those special socks. What are special socks? The ones that run around when I'm naked. Like, do you have special socks for just when you're... That doesn't make any sense. What, what do they look like? What are you... They're this, just, is, they're just, this is my internet socks. They're just... <laughs> is, that like, is that like a crunchy sock? Yeah. Uh, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. You asked. <laughs> That's funny. 
I don't know. <laughs> Tim, Tim is just so desperately trying to wish himself into another dimension, I can tell. Um, I, what really, honestly, though, those are your... This robe's comfy uh, against the skin. My, my, you, sound like, you sound like an Asian Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> my cat's breath smells like cat food. Uh, all right, so let's back up. So, okay. Richie, you are now wearing a purple bathrobe. Let me just touch the material here. Ooh, that is nice. Hey, is that from uh, Bath and Body Works? No. All right. They have that. They sell that world's softest bathrobe that feels a lot like that. It's very soft. Uh, all right. So you're wearing a royal purple bathrobe. Do you have under? Please don't show us. Do you have like boxer shorts or something underneath? No. Really? Are you not wearing anything underneath? You're there? just walking around the building <laughs> with no underwear on. I don't need to see the the goods. Uh, are, really? Are you? There's nothing underneath. I got tidies on. Okay. And then you have socks, and these are, as you put it, your special internet socks. Yeah. Please to be defining special internet. In a way that is broadcastable. Uh, when I'm sitting at my captain's chair. My friend calls it the captain's chair. With your captain's log? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with nothing else on, I have the socks on. Uh, do you have the socks on your feet? Uh-huh. Ew, do you share that chair with anybody else? Uh, they try to stay away from it. This is at your home? Mm-hmm. Do you share with who? Your brother? Uh-huh. And anybody else? Uh, no. <clears throat> my friends call it... You know, the captain's chair, and they don't sit in it. Is the is the chair made out of cloth? Please tell me that it's cloth. No, it's tall back leather. All right. Well, it's so at least, washable. Yeah, I was going to say, you can it, spun- it can be hosed off. <laughs> you can sponge it. You can power wash it. Um, and so why do you wear socks and nothing else when you're online? Do you not like the feeling of being totally nude? I don't do that online. I'd... Well, you said they're your special Internet socks. Oh, yeah. I'm running around the house when nobody's around and... But why socks? I guess what I'm Am saying I, is, it, do you just not want to be nude? Do you not like the feeling? Are you a never nude? There's messes on my floor sometimes. This is like how porn stars always have shoes on. Right. Uh, that's been noted, I mean, like a billion times now, that if you watch, like, porn films, the actress always, always has shoes, and it's not because it's like a shoe fetish for guys. I always figured that was the case, but I read some guy, like some blog, some, like some Chuck Klosterman, but of the porn world guy, wrote a whole thing about why do porn actors, uh, actresses always have shoes on. And he said it's because, almost without exception, the sets where they shoot porn films are filthy, like just dust and crap and whatever. And he said so that you'll note that the women always wear shoes because they just don't like walking across a dirty, especially in a porn set, let's be honest, just like walking across a dirty floor. All right, so you, so when you're at home and during your special internet time, you will be nude but with socks. Yeah, it's like a porn site. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dirty. Okay, so you brought a big duffel bag. <laughs> Look at Sarah's. Uh, and before we even... So here's what's coming up. I can't see empty Portland uh, in the Murrow tradition. Maybe this... Maybe we'll win a, a Murrow award with this, Tim. Um, so you're going to be doing a little changing into some things later on that Taboo Adult Video is going to bring by, right? Mm-hmm. And then later on this week, when are you doing the full evening excursion where you get to get the full makeover? Uh, first, got to get the outfit. And then I probably have to go get my nails did. And then... I'll have to plan a night out. All right. Friday. When you Friday. say get your nails done, is that just like a polish, like a buff? No. What What are you getting done to your nails? I don't know. I think about a little ladybugs or something. Sarah, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> Look at you, you should get acrylics. What okay. What color would you recommend that Richie get his nails done? My outfit. I'd say just go with like the classic, like French tip mauve. <laughs> don't I gotta match either my makeup or the shoes or my outfit? Well, you you Teal. can, but I mean, if you like put the if you get like the white tips, I mean that would go with anything. That's universal. Oh, so you get that's a that's a neutral color. You can that will go with anything. What if I'm in polka dots? Well, I like polka dots. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Anywho, uh, all right. So you brought a big duffel bag to work with you, and 
is there anything? I mean, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But okay, so Sarah, we were just talking during the break. Yeah. About because we were making that we were talking earlier about that would you game where there's a hundred girls in a room and your mom and then the lights go out and somebody blah 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 and then you never find out would you do it blah blah blah, and then you revealed that your mom was listening. Yeah. So now, did your mom? Were you, has your mom been listening through this whole cross-dressing thing? Yeah, she called me last night. She now is this? Uh, did your mom learn of your cross-dressing through this show, or did she know before, or did she suspect? I don't know. I don't know what she knows of me and what she doesn't. She knows I'm weird. <laughs> well, she believes I'm weird. Everybody thinks I'm weird. So, but so she called you last night about the, what did she say? What was she, the conversation last night? Well, she speaks like broken English. She's full Vietnamese. But she said, Richard, why you wear a dress? You like boy? You like? And she started asking me questions, make me explain. And uh, she... it's funny how you just continued the syntax in your own voice. There, <laughs> she asked question, make me explain. <laughs> All right, so your mo- so your mom says, why you wear a dress? You like boy? And then she starts saying that it's her fault. She started telling me a story when I was four or five, and she put me in a dress, and I wore it around, and I didn't want to take it off, and I would cry when she took it off. Really? And she'd find me back in it and stuff. So why did she put you in a dress? Why did she put I don't you in remember a, this is stuff. That like, is that like, well, you know, it's like, uh, I think like some cultures, there's just sort of like, um, um, not androgynous, what's the word I'm looking for? But you like unisex clothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, you know, you see those old, like in Britain, you'll see those photographs of like little boys in Britain who are in what looked like sort of christening dresses, but I think it was just like, it was the style at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you were like four, she put you in a dress? Yeah, I think she Like was, a full-on girl's dress? I guess they dressed me up like a girl, and they thought it was funny, funny, and I... And you really latched onto it. You yeah. you found that to be pleasing. Say, All my fault. Sorry. <laughs> See, so, I put you a dress. You don't know. <laughs> and so you would. So you would. She would then try to put you back in boys' clothing, and then like you would seek out the dress and put it back on. Uh, I guess I would throw a fit and cry and run off in a dress and stuff like that. Huh. It's, it's weird because because I've been overdosing on Family Guy lately. It's like a weird mixing of like you and Amy Wong's parents on on Futurama and Stewie from Family Guy. And then, like, Stewie demanded, I demand the dress! You know, with, like, his ray gun or whatever. Um, okay. Well, so it doesn't sound, I mean, it would be my read, I'm no shrink. Uh, it would be my read, then, that your mom certainly didn't cause this, that, that perhaps you just liked the dress from the very beginning. And it's a But thing if his mother had never introduced him to the dress, then he might not have the feelings about wearing dresses like does now. Maybe. Maybe she didn't turn you into a cross dress. Or maybe she inadvertently uncovered something that was already there. Oh. Uh, you think? So did your so did she like did she further interrogate you about this? Yeah, she just asked me questions and and did she uh were like were there any of the questions what did when she said do you like boys did you ever been with man was that what the question? Start talking about man. Well, I'm the oldest Asian in our huge huge the oldest Asian huge in the family family with no kids and girlfriend. So <laughs> I go there and it's everybody's got. You know, my other so cousins you're in, you're... are 10, 15 years younger than me, and they got four kids already. Well, I can see why, I'm, I'm sorry, your mom would ask you, I mean, it's like, hey, mom, I like to dress in women's clothing. I'm an older man with no children and no girlfriend. <laughs> in show business. Uh, so, and then, so did you allay your mother's fear? Yeah, I said, don't worry. It's all good. Don't worry. That, I'm sure that's good, Mom. Don't worry, Mom. Don't worry, Mom. sitting here in your porn good. socks. I'm sure that a don't worry took care of the I problem. I like women. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, yeah, all right. We uh, need to get your mother on the phone. Yeah, we have to talk to your mother agree. at some point. Um, okay. Do yes. you think that she would? Think she, she might be mind? nervous. I mean, we would be nice, obviously. I would just be. Uh, I would be curious to. I'd be curious to get her take on this situation. But she's funny. All right. So what is? Uh, so what did you? What's in this duffel bag that you brought today? Oh, in there? Yeah. Nothing. 
Just, so see what's in the just bring bag. the. You should go get it. Nothing. What really? There's nothing in it. A hoodie? No, not a hoodie. Uh, Why would you bring a, a whole duffel bag? Was it I'll just go for grab the bathroom? So we can look at for it. this. Really? So was it just really to bring the bathroom? Uh huh. Oh, all right, hold on. Sarah's going to go get what? it. What? That's all that's in there is a hoodie, I think. I think he might be telling the truth, but we'll uh, we'll check. Maybe a condom. On, uh, <laughs> uh, on, on KCMB Portland. Um, hey, by the way, Tim, this email says, During my period of unemployment, I, too, did some work for a local real estate agency as a clerical assistant. During my orientation, I was handed a book that I was told I had to read. This book was a series of Dianetic-style life lessons that would make me a self-actualizing go-getter and would improve my potential life worth. The book was clearly printed by a local or an online vanity publishing house. The final kick in the junk was that my final paycheck showed a $25 deduction for supplemental training material. Does that sound familiar? I found a picture of the woman. Oh, wow. Speaking of cross-dressers. We, we also had the company, instead of the, the receptionist, the woman's position was called the director of first impressions. <laughs> and and they, they sent a memo around asking no one except for that woman who held the position not to sit in the seat of the director of first impressions. <laughs> no, one else is, no one else is to sit in this chair. All right. So was there anything else in the duffel bag? <laughs> nope, nothing. Really? A okay. beanie. A beanie. A beanie. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, not like with the propeller on top. No, Just no. Like, like a regular pull-down kind. No. Uh, all right. So ultimately you want to, do you, what's your ultimate desire, Richie? Would you rather, do you want to start living your life like dressed like a woman? No. Unless I meet a woman that wants me that way. <laughs> or accepts you that way. Just kidding. No, I, once in a while, it's cool. So this is just a sort of. I mean, if you get your nails done, I mean that's a pretty big feminine that's commitment. A, that's yeah. a statement. Yeah, that really. I was just gonna say right there. That is really you're making an obligation there. Yeah. So because otherwise it's just gonna be walking around just like dressed like a dude, uh, but then with long sort of weird French tip nails, it's gonna look a little odd. Yeah. Well, it depends. You, the outcome always, you know. Okay. Like the first time I did it, I got a lot of attention. I got lucky and basically wanted to do it again. And then. Do you do your own makeup when you cross dress, or do you have other people? Do I used to do you? my own hair. Like when I was younger, I did eyeliner. You know, yeah, I was a trendy whatever they call. Now, it. Do you have? Do you own a lot of makeup right now, or do you have to? You have to buy some of that. Ah, uh, there's some somewhere. I mean, I got stuff all over the place, different eras of my life. Well, all right then. Rave clothes and dresses and. All right. Do we have any further questions before everything sort of? <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't think so. I'm, I'm kind of ready to get the ball rolling. Yeah, the all right, well, uh, so, yeah, so I guess we'll we'll continue this uh, after the guy from Taboo gets here. Okay. All right, thank you, Richie. Mm-hmm. All right, dear God. Okay. Fascinating, isn't it? I, it really, I just, wow. yeah, I don't, just don't even know where to, I don't even know where to go from here. Okay. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of an awkward time for us, so let's just do this, Tim, if you don't mind. Let's do a couple other stories. I think we have a penis watch to get to. Then we'll do the top five. We'll yeah. break. We'll come back with Richie and his uh, whatever. So well, let's just do a few more news stories here. All righty. Let's do that. Let's talk about this year's World Series of Poker. Poker in Las Vegas. It's broken more than a few records. Despite a sluggish economy, nearly 59,000 players from 100 countries have registered for the tournament. Except from last year when close to 55,000 players signed on. The total pool for this year's poker events now stands at more than $180 million. That's far ahead of the nearly $160 million collected during the 2007 tournament. That's larger than those of the Daytona 500, Indianapolis 500, Masters, and Kentucky Derby combined. World Series of Poker Commissioner Jeffrey Pollack couldn't be more pleased. Well, I guess he couldn't. <laughs> we did have a soundbite, but something happened in the process. 
Let's try this one more time. One moment, please. World Series of Poker Commissioner Jeffrey Pollock couldn't be more pleased. And it's still the wrong one. <laughs> okay. Well, he couldn't be more pleased. Time for a penis watch. Here's your penis watch for, uh... you know, can I just tell you, there's the whole thing of Richie just walking in in a bathrobe. And you know he's not wearing underwear. I, I, oh, yeah. nobody wants to think about it. The, the, the whole thing is just, it's like my brain, my brain is just, has just kind of gone into to, to some weird neutral spin zone for a moment. Here's your penis watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. This comes to us from Bucharest. The magistrates of Bucharest Court decided today that Dr. Nam Chumu uh, of the Pandori Hospital must pay $500 euro moral damages after what doctor cut in three pieces the penis of a patient. <laughs> was this written by someone? Operation. Was this written by someone in another country? Well, this is from the Adiverral, which is the eagle in Bucharest. I see. Uh, so he cut in three pieces the penis of a patient. <laughs> <laughs> and the flagon with the dragon and the brew that is true. The court maintained the one-year commendation with a junction. Why into three pieces? I don't know. Uh, is it, you said it was a well-respected was it like, doctor? It was. Sarah's, Sarah's just doing this thing as though she's karate chopping a long board. Like, is, it, is it like one, two? You mean three, lengthways or yeah. crossways? I don't really know the answer. Tim, does it say? Um, Specify the nature of the cutting. It does not. All right. But it was into three pieces. But he lost his right to profess as surgeon after he cut in three of patients' penis. <laughs> I want all of our news to come from Doctor that website. Doctor was disgruntled at the instant solution, and they appeared. <laughs> That's great. Me, me talk pretty someday. <laughs> Why you wear a dress? <laughs> five court condemned Como to five years prison. A payment of 125 euro for moral damage. <laughs> Is this because I clothe you like girl? Uh, <laughs> okay. You disgrace ancestors. <laughs> you have a box on whole family. Uh, <laughs> Go to spanking pole. <laughs> I believe that's our penis watching. Now we lose crop for five years. <laughs> wow! Well, I love this show. You eat dog meat of dragon. <laughs> Go to spankingpole.com. <laughs> I see you in bamboo shed later. <laughs> I'm just speaking generally. Of no one. <laughs> yes. I'm just speaking generality. Uh, uh, the book arrest. <laughs> oh, man. Shall we do the top five? Five, four. Oh, I think I injured myself laughing at something in the last hour or so. Well, this is kind of a fun show. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we don't have a real job. Oh. The consultants would love to get their paws on <laughs> Jesus. You know what? Even if it all falls apart tomorrow, 
I'm not saying it will, but I mean, in a worst case scenario. My dolls. What's that? We can all go out and buy dolls. Exactly. I had the freakiest thing happen to me last night. Someone came out to be like, I'm so sorry about the show. Oh. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, well, you guys were canceled. Really? Right? Last I mean, night? Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I had heard that you know you guys were canceled. I'm like, uh, when? Are you telling <laughs> Maybe me this really? is like the Twilight Zone where we've been canceled this whole time, but we don't realize it. What do you mean I'm dead? <laughs> uh, well, they could be forgiven for thinking that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, they said they'd listen today, and they're like, yeah, they're really super excited. Where did they hear that we had been canceled? I don't know. I was really perplexed. They couldn't remember. I don't know. Name. That was the word on the street. Oh, man. Um, well, it's always people starting vile rumors who haven't worked in the business since uh, 1979. We are going to bring back those personalities again. And here's the thing. I mean, in, even a worst-case scenario, if we're not here tomorrow or whatever, uh, in, uh, this is like we've been doing with this version of the show for, for seven years or something now. Uh, so that is seven years that I that I have not had to work at a call center somewhere. Doesn't matter, man. Even if I, you know, if I have to go haul buckets of concrete tomorrow, uh, it's been like, uh, Jesus, uh, 21 years of doing this for a living. So, oh, good God. I think I actually did. I think I, I think pulled did. something. <laughs> I think I injured my throat somehow. All right. These are the... Uh, Maybe here's Richie's your... mother has a remedy for that. Yes. <laughs> here's, here's, here's Tim Riley with today's top five. And just as brevity is the soul of wit... So can brevity be the soul of song. So can brevity be soul of song. Rather than long verbose <laughs> lyrical compositions, there are tons of long Your words. Your top five intro too long. Let us examine the opposite ends of the uh, <laughs> spectrum. These are the top five songs with fewer than 35 I words. examine the opposite end of scrotum. <laughs> I will mention those. Running of the balls. <laughs> Rage against the machine. I truncate sentences for comedic effect. Killing in the name. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, these are the top five. Let's just stop for a second. <laughs> I think we all stopped except for you. <laughs> didn't, we, didn't we have some Zen music that we played at one point when we needed to get control of things? I have. Thank you. Now I'm just picturing Richie's mother again. <laughs> we put him in dress. Call him Richie. What could go wrong? You seriously hurt yourself. Uh, I did. I think I pulled a muscle in my throat somehow. But you do have insurance. Now it's something desert errata. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and know what peace there may be in silence. Is this an actual song? Avoid loud... by Les Crane. Remember, you remember Desert Arata? Oh, yeah. Okay. Avoid loud and aggressive persons, for they are vexations to the spirit. <laughs> Speak kindly to others, even the dull and ignorant, so they, too, have their story. For a good time, call Kent, 659-7721. All right. Who's ready to do the actual top five? Oh, yeah. All right. These are the top five songs with fewer than 35 words. Number five, George Harrison. Oh. This is not George Harrison. <laughs> Got my mind set on you. No, but see, we haven't done the honor. <laughs> oh, okay. You're right. With honorable mention, going to... You skip whole song! Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Killing in the Name. I have no energy left to comment in any of these songs. 
Boy, this song is really old. I had forgotten. This song is like 15 years old at least. When did this song come out? 92, 93, something like that? Yeah, I think so. It's hard to believe that this song is that old. Great song, though. I'm not like a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, but they certainly did have their uh, they had their moments. Dan, 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 dan. Here's the great thing about this song, is this, it's rare a song where they can actually come up with not one, but two timeless riffs and put them in the same song. Because it has, it has this part here, and then it has that, uh, you know, that, and that's two really monster riffs, and I mean, that Tom Morello guy is just so uh, prolific that he was just put them both in the same song. Oh, by the way, uh... I was do I was ranking these by the number of words. Uh, this is at 37, so it's an honorable mention because it's 37, but that's only if you count the uh and the uh and the ah and then the various uh, mfers at the end. They do what they told you. They do what they told you. It's very sexy. It's catchy. Great song, though. It really is. I used to have a roommate that just played it constantly to the point that I don't want to hear it anymore. But, you know, what can you do? All right, Tim Riley, let's move on, shall we? Number five, George Harrison, Got My Mind Set on You. Uh, this clocks in at 33 words in the song. Famously parodied by Weird Al Yankovic, and uh, this song is just six words long. It's gonna take It's good that George Harrison eventually became a decent songwriter. It's sad that it took him like 50 years to do it, but he eventually came up with some decent songs. Good for him. You can really tell who this was, even without knowing this was produced by Jeff Lynne. You can tell because it sounds just like an electric light orchestra song. I always thought this was, I got my sail on you. No. Got my sail on you? Yeah. What would that even mean? I don't know. That's what it sounds like. Wait, hold on. I got my mind sail on you. But there's, a, there's, there's an additional word there. I got my mind sail on you? Sounds like the maid. Like Are you reading? Really, is that like that Romanian news agency doing this song? I got my mind sail on you. Just I got my sail on you. At any point did you question what that meant? No. Did you ask yourself? It's a peppy song. You didn't ask yourself like, what would the meaning of this lyric actually be? I don't. Well, I I don't ask myself. Fair enough. Hey, I have a great idea for a bit. We won't do it today. Did my pen... Songs that we thought were something else? Uh, it's something like that. But it's not... It's not... Except I want to do the whole, like, when a man loves a walnut thing. Uh, cause, uh... I only had one that I was really, really confused. What was it? It was, um... Uh, feel the Vibration, like, the Marky Mark song. Yeah, good vibration! I thought it was Sweet Sexy Shine. 
Well, see, that almost works, though. Yeah. Sail on You makes no sense at all. I'm sorry, Tim. Uh, these are the top five songs with fewer than 35 words. Number four is theme, Na Na Hey Hey Goodbye. This song has more words than you would have thought. This has 32 words in it. Because everybody thinks it's just that, this part. But it's actually got lyrics. It's got a whole lot of like, hey girl, ba 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 baby. Like stuff that you never really would have thought about. See, nobody remembers this part. So do you count the same words? Well, unique words. Okay. So like you only gets counted once. Everybody in my generation remembers this as being the exit music for the MTV uh, game show Remote Control. Hosted by Ken Over. It's weird to imagine. It's hard to believe that this song didn't exist at one point. I mean, it's just. This is just one of those songs that seems like it always had to have existed because everybody. You know, because it gets used for everything, everywhere. Well, all right. These are the top five songs with fewer than 35 words, Tim Riley. Number three, The Iron Butterfly, and I got it, Evita. In Agata de Vida, 28 words. That's if you count In Agata de Vida as one word. I may be cheating a little bit. Even so, it's only 34, I think. But if you count In Agata de Vida as one word, it's 28. You know that there is a live Iron Butterfly album in which this song goes on for 48 minutes? I mean, 18 minutes wasn't long enough. I think this might be the trapped in the closet uh, of its day. It just went on forever and ever and ever. This is the first song to go pla- uh, first album to go platinum, by the way. Did you own this album, Tim? I did not. I did. I have this entire CD. I would gather right now, I think I am probably the only person within the sound of my voice. I think I'm probably the only person in the Portland metro area who could name any additional songs off this album. I mean, it's it's a pretty terrible album. It's a bunch of, like, hippie sub-metal nonsense, except for this song. This song is kind of terrible now that I'm hearing it, like, right now in this context. It's really bad. And it just, you know the song is 18 minutes long, right? Jeez. 18 minutes long. And it's basically just this, except for a drum solo in the middle. Drum solos are only good live, and even then, not usually. It is a drum solo in the middle of the song that I think goes on for seven of those 18 minutes. Have you ever heard the Slayer version of this? It's great. It's, it's a minute and a half long. Uh uh, counting on the top five songs with fewer than 35 words in them. Tim Riley. Number two, the Beatles, Love Me Do. What does that mean? This is 16 words. Can I tell you, I don't like this song. I know that that's heresy. It's just, it's cloying and it's stupid kind of and repetitive. And, it, and really, it never goes anywhere. Love, love me do. It just goes around and around. It's, it's... Do you know what this song is like? Here's what Love Me Do by the Beatles is like. Do you ever watch a DVD and it's on the menu screen? 
and the, the the music that accompanies the menu screen to the DVD is only about 30 seconds long, and it just loops over and over again. And so, like, you're watching the uh, the DVD for a movie or something, and it'll play, like, 30 seconds of the song, and then there's a pause, and then it just starts at the beginning. That's what this sounds like. This sounds like 30 seconds of looped music on the title menu of a DVD that just goes around and around and around. I mean, I know I'm neither Lennon nor, nor McCartney, but this really has to count as one of the lesser compositions. I think the only thing notable about this song is that Ringo Starr doesn't drum on it. This song is full of posts. I'm not even trying to hit the posts. They're just everywhere. Ringo Starr is not drumming on this. This is some studio guy. And then Ringo Starr later put out his own version of it like about ten years ago because he was so bitter about not being on the song. Because George Martin told him he couldn't drum. I think George Martin was like, ah, no, we're going to use my guy instead. So not only did Ringo Starr not drum on this, they didn't even bring Pete Best back. <laughs> Pete's just sitting at home staring at the phone. Maybe now. And it's just like, got some guy from down the hall. Uh, all right. Counting down the top five songs with only, uh, with less than 35 words in them, Tim Riley. Number one, 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 one. Queens of the Stone Age. Feel good hit of the summer. The song has eight words. So that's, I mean, I could play, but it's just that over and over again. It's just them listing mar- nicotine, marijuana, ecstasy, Vicodin, something, and something alcohol. Full list. <laughs> well, that was a very fulfilling top five. Oh, was it really? No. All right. Yes. All right. I show you, your show canceled three weeks ago. Uh, all right, let's take a break here. We'll come back after this with uh, more of Richie Bristol, probably, and whatnot. Wow, I'm exhausted. I am too. Laughter is just fun and worth it. I. We're such bastards. We're tired from laughing. <laughs> this all this mirth is making me sleepy. <laughs> oh, all right. These are already calls yelling about the top five. I can just tell. Back after this, here's the Groovy Ghoulies. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget to join us uh, tomorrow when our special guest will be Mr. Skin. Uh, and on Thursday, we will be joined in studio by the kids of Whitney High uh, and quite yeah, possibly yeah. competitive eater Joey Chestnut. So we're working on that. All right. Uh, Richie Bristol, if you're, I'm sorry, Rochelle, whatever, if you're uh, ready to uh, come into the studio. I heard him talking in his um, Rochelle voice in the hallway, Rochelle but I didn't hear voice. Like, Really? I need to get my fishnets. And he's, like, sing-songy, and I heard the door shut. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so oh, I God. don't know. Is he out there? No, I think they're in the kitchen, so they can't hear us because of the delay. Richie? Rochelle? Can you join us in the studio? That's like a full-on Bill and Ted. Missy? I mean, Mom? All right. Uh, we're going to be joined here by Tom and Ken uh, from Taboo Adult Video, one of our fine sponsors. They so brought the most hideous stuff. I, uh, seriously. <laughs> Not hideous the clothing-wise, but I mean, like... I'm There's looking... just something called a gilf yeah. that they brought. It's like an inflatable gilf. 
Um, Inflatable grandma. Let's see here. So they brought a whole a whole box of stuff, as they always do. That's huge. I think it's a um, it's a thing that lets you make a giant make a makes a cake. It's a cooking pan that lets you make a cake in the shape of a member. In the shape of a. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? What What's else that? Uh, that's a. It's like a dodgeball, but shaped as you know, like a woman. Really? Like a woman's bosom. <laughs> There you go. I'm not sure what's happening. I don't know if they can hear it. Well, do you want me to run down really quick? Would you Why please? Why don't you go through the bubble? I'll just go through this glow-in-the-dark bubble bath. That actually sounds kind of cool. Let's see. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, let's see. Here's what you want to see in a DVD. Oh, my God. It's clown porn. Wow. Um, yeah. I am all alone in the studio, by the way. So I'm looking. This is, uh, let's see. This is a video called um, Freaks by Nature. Oh, my This God. is a whole video of clown porn. Jesus. Let's see that. Caution. Some footage may be disturbing. Not all of it. Just some of it. Okay. Why? What? what just So happened? I'm in there, and he's still in the bathroom getting changed. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Richie, Richie. And he's not answering. And I'm probably like, Rochelle. Yes. I'm like, can you, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, can, can you hurry, please? He's like, I'm hurrying. Oh, you can't. You oh, can't, sweet Lord. You can't rush perfection, Sarah. Uh, all right. Well, when he enters the room, so I think the deal is we'll have him come in with uh, with Tom and Ken. Did you see the Ken. first outfit that he was bringing in? No, I don't know. I averted my eyes. I don't want to know what he's wearing. Uh, so he'll come into the studio, then we'll take we'll, we'll look at this first outfit. Then see what I mean? Look at that DVD. It's all clown porn. Oh. Clown porn and other circus freaks uh, having, uh, you know, relations. Um, I don't even know what to think of that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, i got two things for you. Yes, sir. Um, last week I was at Cedar Hills Crossing, went to Powell's. And picked up an AM 970 solid state radio sticker. Those are collector's items now. <laughs> and then every time you're talking as uh, Richie's mom, yes, I keep picturing Amy's mom from Futurama. See that? No, that's the voice I'm doing when I'm, I'm doing know. I'm doing Mrs. Wong from Future. Why are you married, man, with inflatable head? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, that's I'm totally doing Mrs. Wong from Futurama when I do that voice. Well spotted, sir. Thank you. All right. No, thank you. All right. Well, depending. Uh, I, well, I hate to. Uh, I hate. We may have to do part of this tomorrow then, because I know we're kind of up against that top five and Tim's insanity with the the doll of the multi-level market. This whole show has gone out of control. Uh, let's Tim's welcome. scared to come in. Hi, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you? What's going on, man? Oh my God. What's up? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. I just saw Tim walk by I in heard, the hall. I hear voices in the hall. With a quizzical. All right, somebody's oh com- somebody's oh coming god. down the hall here. Oh my god! So uh, I can hear him. Can oh hear wow! Hi, honey. Wow. You want me over here? Wow! Wow! Hey, look, I'm taller. Than wow, you. boy, that's so disturbing. Oh. Wow, are you filming this? You, is somebody filming is somebody this? Somebody filming this? No. Who who is able to film this, Sarah? I'll film it. Can you get that camera to Sarah, please? It's going right now. Just push the button. All right. Let's. Uh, we we'll just. Uh, uh, ba ba boom. <laughs> <laughs> I need a loose. All right. Uh, so um. Which one are you talking on, Michelle? Three or four? Jesus. Let's. Why don't you come over here? You can come over here. All right. Uh, let's welcome to the show uh, Tom and Ken. Hello, you guys. Uh, so I want to make sure that I get this correct. So now is it? it, it there's the there's the there's taboo, and then there's the sort of buying company. The 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 the. the what is it, Galaxy? Northwest, Northwest Galaxy. Northwest owns Galaxy. Taboo Video. All right, okay. Uh, so Tom and Ken from uh, Taboo and Northwest yeah. Galaxy. And so this is Richie. Wow. It's, like, in a looking, hurry. it's like looking at the sun. Uh, Richie <laughs> is wearing. Let's just go from the top down. That's a really good quality wig. I like that wig. Is that real hair? 
I doubt it. Not for sixteen dollars. It looks good though. <laughs> that looks really, really um, good. My weave would look better. You know, can I? You, you look. look you look. How do I put this? You it look like look an, bad. You look like an Amazon though. I mean, um, it does look kind of like a woman. I suppose uh, a wig. With like, makeup and stuff, I'm gonna freak out. I would say a tangerine colored feather boa. Yes. Um, two hours to get ready, baby. What is this called? This white thing he's wearing. Mm. Like a, it's like a teddy, it's like a but it's out. not. It's like a teddy, but like. Oh no, like, that's, go, go, that's a nightclub dress. That's a yeah. Well, please pull it up. Bit. Yeah, pull it up as far as it'll go. <laughs> so Richie, oh wow. So Richie's wearing a. Is he wearing heels? I it's can't like see him. It's like a backless. And then black oh fishnets. Oh shoes are awesome. Sarah covets your shoes. Uh, so Richie is wearing. Uh, this this white sort of gown with like like a, a I don't even what you what do you call that thing in the chest where it's like lace you know what I mean it's like crosshatched um, where you're where it you're looks like a giant fishnet where your cleavage would be with the silver beads with in silver there, beads accent. uh black fishnets and then he is wearing like these big stripper heels or stripper shoes that are sequined the straps are sequined and then the sole and the heel are clear of course so uh, total hooker heels completely. And then what is this thing you're holding? Is this like a a, whip. a flogger thing? All right. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're supposed to have our dollars ready. I mean, you're... Oh, uh, <laughs> I have to say that, I mean, you're ever so slightly butch, of course, but you don't... I just don't know how to feel about this because you, you I don't, don't either. My brain kind of hurts. I, seriously, looking at you kind of makes me tired. I mean, I mean, it's and it like doesn't it, really look like Richie because he's so much taller in the shoes. It's, so it's, I'm not really taller. associating that. It's you really are taller. You seem huge. Really, you do seem like a big, a big Amazon woman. Um, <laughs> but not bad. I would say not a bad woman. And that's without makeup. You don't have any makeup on, do you? No. Uh, see, without. I mean, even without makeup, I would say that the. I would say that Richie's not. Rochelle is not a bad-looking woman. Well, thank you. What about a tan? <laughs> some tan and maybe tan some pounds up here. Maybe less underarm hair, but I mean, I'm nitpicking. Well, all you need to do is belt out a couple of show tunes. Seriously. I'm also like wearing. Some, time. I'm wearing yeah. some white uh, g-strings. Yes. Uh, the uh, like the like g-string underwear uh, thong underwear on. Mm. All right. That way is for the penny. Is that a constricting feeling if you're a man? Does that feel? Is it like an uncomfortably snug sensation? I don't know. There's a lot of air going up my skirt. I could feel it. We just need to find a sidewalk grate for you to stand over while we all film it. Uh, Wow. Okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, So how much, if he were to walk into, let's say, oh, Taboo Don't Video, how much would this whole ensemble cost? How much could he expect to pay for this whole whole get up here? Well, let's see. The shoes are about $50. That's not bad. uh, No, that's not bad at all for the shoes. They're uh, really a high-quality shoe, too, pleaser brand. So They're pretty. They are very pretty. (laughs) Uh, The uh, fishnets, probably about uh, $8. Really? I'm going to get some of those myself. (laughs) They feel cool. The dress itself (laughs) is only about, uh, I believe that one's about $24, and the boa, about $8 to $10. So really, you know, Richie, you could, uh, I mean, $8 for those fishnets, that means you could afford to rip a few pairs, if you know what I mean. We're going to give these to Richie. Yeah, I can't imagine you want those back. (laughs) Gift to you today. No, that's like, you know what it is? That's like when they come by your table at the restaurant with, like, the tester dessert that's been sitting out all day. Like, you can't buy that. They throw that away at the end. This is That's what these are. These are the testing desserts of... uh, Well, thank you. That's right. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Harry. How comfortable are you in this? Like, would you, um, Hmm? like, would you say, would you feel comfortable going out in the street, like, just driving home like that tonight? Not not physically comfortable, but, I mean, do you feel like... If I I had more time to get ready... I mean, if you, but I mean, this outfit, if you were able to sort of tweak it a little bit, you'd feel okay, like, sort of being seen in this outfit? Yeah. Does this outfit feel like Rochelle? 
Does this feel like something Rochelle would wear? A little longer. It's real high, and I need duct tape to for my junk. Because <laughs> I don't feel comfortable Rochelle's with it sticking out in the bitch. skirt. <laughs> uh, by the way, you'll get to see this footage later at 970.am. Um, duct tape for my junk. Um, all right. So, uh, well, that's great. It's, it's a real high skirt. I mean, I could... Feel... And Rochelle's not that she's a little more modest than this? Yes. And I'm yes. not easy. The red button. All right. Okay. Because you don't want to send the message that you're, you know, okay. that you're the town pump or anything. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think it needs to be, like, okay. at least me level. Okay. Rochelle's a classy girl. Well, you are going to come in and get set up properly, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, that was going to be my next question. So sometime this week, uh, there's yeah, going to be a whole, a whole make makeup, hair, nails, everything? Mm-hmm. What, when is that happening? Uh, We've got to work out a schedule with that. Uh, Tom's going to be going on a uh, convention here pretty soon to find some AVN more. Yeah, the AVN convention next Sweet. week. Sweet. So, uh, you know, I always kind of didn't. It, there's a big uh, 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 an admission cost for that thing, right? And there's an oh, AVN convention. Because like, my wife and I lived in L.A. at one point. We're like, we should go to that. And then the tickets were just like some unbelievable. We were like, screw that. Well, so we opted out. This is a little bit different than that AVN show. This is the AVN AEN show, which is the world's largest novelty expo on this weekend. And yes, tickets are, you know, you're talking. So it's like a dildo palooza kind yes. of a thing. All right. 125 bucks a ticket. So this isn't the get your picture taken with uh, with Jenna Hayes convention. Oh, there will be some. Or whoever. Yeah. Whoa, did you just fall off those? I have it on I'm like, wow. Oh, no. What we were hoping for is Richie would maybe come in the following week, and we've got a film crew um, that would. I like what I'm hearing would document and put this whole process together of the transformation of Richie. Into Rochelle. Yep. Tim Riley yes. gives it a thumbs up. I All right. Yep. Well, let's makeup do, artists and everything. Let's do this. Do you want to take our final break here and you do uh, one, one changeover during the break? We'll do. We'll look at one other output on the other side. Can you do that? Sure. All right. So uh, let's take a break here. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, on the other side, <laughs> Richie, Rochelle. Uh, will show us uh, one more outfit, uh, and then we'll uh, and then we'll try to figure out when the big. I'm glad the transformation isn't going to happen like immediately. I think that might unnerve the kids from Whitney High when they came in on Thursday. <laughs> Hello, you're looking like a lady. <laughs> All right, back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Um, we were just discussing whether or not... So you don't believe that I could pull off the drag queen? Though. I do not. Not that I'm asking to do that. And I'm saying, yeah, and you can, like, slap on the wig and the makeup or whatever. You, I, don't, I, I don't see it anymore. Can't put perfume on a pig, sir. I don't right. see it happening. Now, I don't see it being believable. Now, have you ever, for, like, a Halloween costume or anything, have you ever uh, dressed as a guy? I dressed as a guy dressed as a woman. Oh, like a Victor Victoria yeah, kind of a thing. As, I dressed as Tim Curry from the Rocky Horror Picture. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. I didn't see so you'd never done like you never did like the Charlie Chaplin thing or whatever for no. Halloween. All right. No, no. Well, okay. So we are here with Tom and Ken from Taboo Del Video and Galaxy Northwest. Am I getting the name of that right? right. Galaxy Northwest. All right. And so we uh, if we can talk about this, you were just saying, and I hadn't really thought about this, that the, the demographics for different sections, different cities or whatever are different and that the majority of it's really it is only in America that you would have a an industry of companies making women women's clothing for men. Uh, and so that a lot, the bulk of your stuff for crossdressers is you said at the, the location on MLK and then in Vancouver. Right. We sell a lot of stuff at those two locations that uh, are larger sizes just to satisfy the crossdressers and the performers for cabarets. I was just going to say, by the way, two things. A, you have the coolest shoes uh, I've ever seen in my life here. These are really. I'm so glad you're fascinated by them too because those were so neat. Looking. Oh, they're great. No, they're, they're stripper shoes in every sense of the word. They're shoes that actually have a little opening on the side. There's a pair of lips on the side, and you can put a dollar bill in the mouth, and it's then stored in this in like the... clear plastic, or like this clear. 
the, you, know, the, you the, can also get it with little ducks that float in the bottom, and we have just many varieties of these shoes that you can put a dollar in. So it's like shoes slash piggy bank, sort of. And, and then at the end of the flap. night, you open the flap in the sole, and you can take out your dollars. Yeah. I love this country. I really do. That's fantastic. How, what, is, money. what is the biggest size uh, that you make, let's say, ladies' lingerie in? I mean, in terms of stuff that's obviously for guys, how big does that go? Oh, well, uh, women's sizes are different than men's, but uh, 3, 4X. Okay. Pretty large sizes. We cater to everybody in shoes, 15, 16. Wow. All right. And I think so, you brought 13s in for Richie. Yeah, I was going to ask what size shoe he was yeah, wearing. Was a little big for him. Yeah. The uh, heat... I have to say, he doesn't make a bad woman. I no, mean, he's no, a little. No. Um, well, I think so, with some fine tuning. Mm. He's a trifle we stout. In the store, we get him in the right stuff and get some makeup on him. I think he's going to really surprise. Yeah. Us. I was just—it was just strange how almost normal it looked, like natural when he came as in. A, he was just like, "Hey." Almost as if nature had intended it to be that way. He's a—he's a little stocky, but uh, that's more of a size issue, wouldn't you agree, Sarah? Yeah. It's all very awkward. All right. Well, and it's—it's it's kind of lingerie we brought in. We we have the specific lingerie design for that kind of. The, the let's so, say shall we say the the flamboyant or the more garish? Uh, Not a lot of subtlety. <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, so okay, so I think he is trying. He's trying on something else now, uh, and then he's at some point going to uh, return. Let's uh, do a couple of phone calls here before we sort of wrap things up. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey Rick. Hi. Hello. Hey Rick. No more Richie, man. No more. He's dragging your show down. Thank you, my friend. I'll do. I'll, He's dragging. I'll take down. it. I'll take it under advisement. He's dragging your show down. Thank you. I'm not really taking it under advisement. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Dragging the doing? show down. I hadn't even thought about that. Hello, sir. I'm, I was going to say that. You know what? I'm just going to refer to Richie now as a Rick's bitch. <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, wow. Oh, here comes the second of it. All right, thank you, oh, sir. Uh, there you go. I was locked oh. out. Oh, wow. wow. You were locked out. Really um. It was hard to get into. Uh, that's, you're like wearing a sausage casing, oh. Richie. I, uh, what do you think, the size 10? I, I don't even know how to feel about this. Are we filming this? Have you seen these? I don't have his camera. Uh, it's right there. Can, can you hand that camera to Sarah really quickly? Uh, let's get... Uh, all right. Wow, this is really quite astounding. Look at these shoes. Yes. No, we were just talking about those are the shoes that you can put a dollar into. Richie is wearing... Is that latex? Vinyl. Vinyl? Oh. Um I don't have a dollar. I'll put 50 cents into it. How does that feel, Richie? That seems a little snug. Like I'm wearing a big condom. Okay, is that? Can we get his mic on? I think <laughs> that mic is actually off. Over my whole body. All right. Look so, at the disgust on Susan's face. This is a... She can't hold it in. Fine, let me just... I have Honey, to, it's okay. I have to touch the material. <laughs> hold on a second. I, there's no way to touch the material without putting my hand between the material and his body. It's so tight. Just there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to touch the material, but I don't. Uh, oh, you know you want. That. I need a loosen. <laughs> oh, that's good. I need a more girlish figure. <laughs> yes. Now, I notice how actually big I am when I have to wear tight clothes. Uh, that is, oh, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a flattering size uh, on you, but to each his own. Um, so that is a. So what this is like a fire engine red vinyl. I don't even know what the hell that's called. I don't know if it's vinyl. It's more of a lycra, maybe, or something. Maybe. Is it like a stretchy, is it like a cloth material or a plastic? It feels cloth-like on the inside, and the outside feels sort of rubbery. Uh, I don't even, what is this called? I don't even know the name of this. Oh, this is just a dancing dress. Dream girl. Yeah, Richie, yeah. do you feel, Dream and then the same fish, dress. Richie, do you feel like you could dance in this outfit? No. <laughs> it's too high. So do you want something? Do you want like more of like a ballroom style? Yes, an elegant dress? gown. You are you be an elegant lady? That was I was going to ask. That that's a good question. I was going to ask. Are you looking more for form or function? In other words, is it just about how it looks? And if it's if it's a little uncomfortable, so be it. Or are you looking for something that you can perform in? Like if you're going to be dancing or shaking your moneymaker or what have you? Well, there's a right way to dress. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you have hips, you wear a dress that comes down right here so you don't, you know, there's the right way to dress and the you wrong way. Work with your Big women so shouldn't wear tight dresses like this. No, that is that is true. You have to go with the, you have to go with the flow that nature gave you, I suppose. Right. So, all right. So, but, but you see Rochelle wearing something that's a little more uh, a, re, a refined look. Yes. All right then. Maybe okay. maybe so maybe to the need. Fit that refined look. Really? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Get you a corset and you'd have an hourglass figure in the Really? Is that true? Could we put Richie in a corset? Yes. Oh, that is fantastic. Really? Yes. You know? Really? Just yeah, like George maybe, Michael wears. Maybe a different wig too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a blonde. I, that wig is okay, but I'm thinking maybe something a little more well, flamboyant. I'll tan too. Yeah, like a white like a white blonde yeah. wig. I mean something that really makes a statement. Like a big a big, you know. Oh, you want a, like a big bouffant, like big like Yeah. I'm giant. Rochelle. If you're, you know what I mean? If, if you're gonna Big wear curly. if you're gonna wear the wig, wear the wig. I think something that really comes out and kinda hits you in the face wig wise. All right, well we'll think about it. All right. Uh Tom, Ken, thank you guys so much. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, Taboo Adult Video and Galaxy Northwest. Thank you so much. Uh, Rochelle, thank you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely intelligent Sarah Dillon for AM nine seventy. The talker. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley and the phones, it's Rich Whoever. Uh, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Uh, the webmistress is Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering Brian Jones, and of course CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds. We want to thank CBS, uh, I'm sorry, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and James Roop. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Mr. Skin. Uh, like us next. Michael Mary Show at 7 is always my friend. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it down. Watch out for snakes. See you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>